Hello, everybody, and welcome to Monday Nights, a pro wrestling podcast where two friends talk about all the wrestling they grew up with, talk about what's dope, what's dank, what's hype, what's nice, what's good and great and weird and whack, and wild and wonderful in this wide, wide world of professional wrestling in the 1990s. Riddle here. I got my man Mud with me. Mud, how you doing, brother? I'm doing pretty well. I survived the snow that just came out of nowhere. I did I had to drive through the snow, through the storm, to get here with you. I told you we could take a snow day if you wanted to. I don't take snow days. Buddy. I don't like to. Okay. I, there's work to be done. I had my <laughs> mind set on it, and I'm doing it tonight. Here. And it's, I mean, it's not snowing anymore, so it's not going to be any worse when you go home. Well, it's going to rain. Is it going to rain? It's going to ice. Yeah, and that's just fine with me. Honestly, it doesn't matter. I can make it home. Okay. I'll walk if I have to. <laughs> you can just sleep I'll on the couch. Abandon the car. <laughs> Don't walk. Give me this lazy boy. You that's can a, sleep on one. the lazy boy. Absolutely. Anyway, <laughs> we're working our way through the Monday Night Wars. It is May the 11th, 1998. If you're a big music fan, maybe you'll listen to this top new track. Make them say, uh, Master P. Master P. You know, I'm a big... Bigger Little Romeo fan, I must say. Wow. He's the true talent in the Except family. Except you said Little Romeo. No, Lil. What are you talking about? Master P was in the NBA. As a player? Yes. No. Yes. What team? Toronto. Really? Mm-hmm. Does he have a statue? It's possible he just tried out. <laughs> <laughs> he did not have a long it's possible career. possible he's not really in the NBA. But I've definitely seen a picture of him in a Raptors jersey on the court playing. Yeah. Yes. Maybe just shooting around. I think, no, I think he legitimately tried out. I think he was really good, and he tried out, and he probably wasn't actually good enough to be a pro, but... Not many people can do music and sports. No, who can? I mean, I can, but, <laughs> you know, not professionally. I just didn't go that route. If you're a big movie fan, maybe you went out and saw a top new movie, Deep Impact. Alright, so this one is about sharks. No, I remember seeing this movie in the theater with my, like, probably my mom and my stepdad. I don't know, it was a, so it's the other asteroid hitting the Earth movie that's not Armageddon. They came out right around the same time. Yes. And this is Deep Impact. So this is Hollywood trying to get everybody scared of asteroids. First, it was Actually, the, it's a comet. This first, movie. well, same thing, you know. The celestial rock, bodies. A rock sure. being hurled to Earth. You know, first we're supposed to be scared of communism. Then we're (laughs) we're supposed to be scared of terrorism. Then it's going to be asteroids. And then it's the alien invasion. This is their plan, Riddle. Actually, I shouldn't be saying this because still I think my phone is being tapped with all this uh, NWO research that I'm doing. (laughs) So I shouldn't really get into it, but just putting that out there. Deep Impact, Hollywood, infiltrating the minds of the American public. I think this is a pretty good movie. Robert Duvall. It's much better than Armageddon. Alright, so yeah. Duvall. What yeah, is Doobie. You, th- you like him. He's just an old guy that can recite words. You don't like Doobie? I don't know. What's he do that really does it for me? Nothing. Nothing? You've never seen Tender Mercies or The Godfather? Snooze Fest galore. What? I'm sorry, dude. The Godfather, it's just not accurate. <laughs> Nobody lives like that. No gods in sight. <laughs> <laughs> Kama's not even in it. 
if you're a big wrestling fan, you were watching the Monday Night Wars. We're going to kick it off this week with WCW Monday Nitro from the Camper Arena in Kansas City. Of course, very famous wrestling building. Uh, this is the building that Owen Hart dies in. Yes, over the edge, yes. 99. Almost one, exactly one year after this. Unbelievable. Yeah. What a terrible, terrible um, Note incident. to start the show. <laughs> yeah, but also, Kansas City's got some rich history in the wrestling world. The NWA's first world heavyweight champion, Orville Brown... Was from Kansas City. Well, Kansas City, yeah. close. You know, a small town outside of it, but still. And uh, you got handsome Harley Race. Mm. He's from Kansas City, and he was in attendance for this Nitro. Yeah. He was all usually came to the WCW Kansas City shows. There will be, in fact, there will be a famous show in this building, like a year and a half from now, with a Bret Hart Chris Benoit match on it that he is. Uh, at ringside for yeah he wasn't even on camera this whole time i can't no, believe just... they didn't give him that. you know uh, 10 seconds well this show was uh this wcw show was rushed uh and then they, it's three hours it's for three God's hours sake. and it was the first time we've watched wcw where it felt like the show was being booked on the fly yeah there are uh, a lot of good there are a few really good moments on this nitro but as a full show <laughs> it just seems yeah tossed it's, together it's kind of a mess it's just a weird show we'll get into it we get clips of the brian adams bread heart uh watching the Wolfpack and wcw brawl last week that that was the big exciting angle yeah that's how the show ended last week the mayhem in the ring but it seems that nwo black and white got the final laugh laugh on that night you know yes it was very exciting uh mean jeans in the ring he welcomes to kansas city brett the hitman hardy comes out in a toronto blue jays jersey mud who's your all-time favorite blue jay well you know you definitely got clemens and canseco on the team right here in 98 <laughs> yeah but you don't think canseco is a blue jay if i'm going 98 well, 98 blue jay i want sean green yeah, okay. Carlos Delgado. I like, I like it green, my friend, but, you know, Canseco, he debuted in 85. Bret Hart debuted in WWF around that time, 84. And uh, I think they have a lot of similarities, honestly. Like, the question is, can Canseco still go? Can Bret still go? But in this year, 98, the MLB statistics show that Canseco hit a career high 46 home runs, but he also had the most strikeouts in the league. And maybe that's what Bret Hart is. Um, he's swinging for the fences here. The and he's trying is, a little too hard. I Like, maybe 98's not going to be his year. You know, Bret Hart might do something really good. A career high of sorts. But the whole year, he's not going to make the World Series. He's not going to really be the champion that he should be but interesting, I, I don't know. interesting theory uh this sunday he meets randy savage for the first time ever uh he calls savage a big chicken who's been ducking him oh that's a good play on words he refers to himself as the greatest technical wrestler in the history of the world all right this is an arrogant <laughs> he's actually this is good he's actually he has confidence. This is the first like confident promo that he's cut <laughs> yeah, uh, in a while. Savage has always dreamed of being the best there is, was, ever will be. 
but I've always been in his way. So you slinked down here to WCW, but the joke's on you because I'm in the WCW now. Followed him. It's hard being a hero, and in fact, when you get no thanks at all, it's just not worth it. Yeah. This I Sunday. Mean, he's, he's a glutton for respect. This Sunday, he'll show you that he's the best. Yeah, okay. This will be a good match, actually. Brett and Savage. It, sh- it, it could be awesome. I, that, unfortunately, something's going to happen at the end of the show that takes my excitement for it down. Jeez, uh, the end of this Nitro? Yes. Because Stam- Slamboree is... We're watching it. Yeah, That's yes. next. Yes, it's Sunday. It's six it's, days away. Six days away from this Bret Hart, Randy Nitro. Savage. See, that's exciting. It could be great. I, I, I don't think I've ever watched this pay-per-view ever. Really? Except for the Chris Jericho thing. Okay. Uh, yeah, and that's with Dean Malenko. <laughs> do we actually get that? <laughs> does, does Malenko make his triumphant return? You gotta wait and see, Mudman. Oh my god. Uh, spoilers. I really like Gene at the very end of this, just really just breaking kayfabe and going, here's a man who said he'd been worked when he got here, but who's working now? Oh. <laughs> yeah, has Bret Hart had a match yet? Uh, yeah, yeah, he's had he, several. Yeah, okay. yes. he fought Kurt Hennig. Yeah, right. Ric Flair. But it's been so he's long. He's had like three or four. It's really been it's so long. It's crazy how they've kept him out of the ring. It's he's, the thing he does absolutely the best. Yeah. <laughs> Bret Hart cannot hit a home run if he's sitting on the bench. No. Uh, we go to commercial, we come back, Mean Gene's still in the ring. He introduces the Nitro Girls. And this is very... They slowly dance out uh, from the uh, entrance one at a time. There's way too much time between each one. Well, this, uh, it was they're like, supposed to be talking about the Nitro Girls. Maybe, like, nobody's talking. Introducing them. I mean, we got, a, we got their names. Yeah, they Shivani would go... said their names. It was like, here's Storm. It, it was, why was it all of a sudden very important this week that we know the Nitro Girls? They did this several times where they named them all. For a show that was rushed. <laughs> I know! <laughs> you know, you think you would save this for a... A different night. Lackluster show. Really, I mean, you're not really using them as characters. No, they're so, not getting involved yes, in any matches. Yes. They're just entertaining during the commercial. Opening contest, Barry Horowitz versus Disco Inferno. This is the Nitro of straight pudding. <laughs> There's no, this is a rough card until the last two matches. There are so many pudding matches here. Barry Horowitz, hate to say it. His but music doesn't start to play till he's halfway down the road. I was going to say, he didn't even have music. There were tons of problems with the music on this show. Yeah? It kept fucking up. I'll point them out as they come That's home. a shame. They Barry just Horowitz, were not prepared. Barry Horowitz's WCW career was just sabotaged. <laughs> I mean, right from the get-go. No music. And he didn't have a sweet WWF theme, which was awesome. Yeah, that's true. You just think straight pudding when a guy walks out in silence. Unless he... Uh, Hates fun and or hates music, <laughs> but uh, Barry Horowitz he is sporting a new goatee, and the fans spot that, so they boo him because they know that all heels have goatees, or at least all goatees are heels. Um, the male demographic, I would say, fifteen to fifty, are all standing and clapping and dancing for Disco, who this week they've decided is a baby face. <laughs> all right, let's go with it. Barry Horowitz, he hits a very unfun jawbreaker to Disco, and he pats himself on the back, but later, 
falls to Disco's finishing move, the spinning neckbreaker. Since that when? Lo- that looks good about 50% of the time. Since when? Since Hulk Hogan stole <laughs> the stunner, uh, the chart buster from Disco Inferno and gave it to his lackey, the booty man, a.k.a. Hogan's disciple. Didn't he win one match with an awesome pile driver? Why, yeah. Did, yeah, why didn't he keep that as his finish? He's switching back and forth. Barry Horowitz in this match looked like he was ready for PWG. He did like four moves. They were all wacky as hell. <laughs> he did like a double... He did a, a front Russian leg sweep. Yeah, uh, face A scorpion death drop backbreaker. Like how did that not get Roddy the job Strong. Done? Yeah, how did that not it get was the job bizarre. done? This guy, I can't, I can't believe none of these like... Nostalgia promotions are booking Barry Horowitz for matches. Well, the thing is, he has not retired. He's still active. Yes, I know. That's what I'm saying. Book this man. Book Barry Horowitz. I mean, we already got Glacier out there. Yeah, we got Glacier. PCO. Yes, all those guys. Let's give Horowitz a shot. Macho Man's music then plays after this forever. Like, it just plays for a really long time. I'm telling you, the timing of this show was... Um, they had to go find Macho Man. He was out smoking somewhere. Yeah, and you knew it was him. It was the typical NWL music, but with the, with the addition yeah. of, oh yeah. Savage comes out and he says, here's the deal. If it wasn't for Bret Hart, Hogan wouldn't have my Wolfpack NWO world title. Is that the official name now? His waist. That is what he's calling it. <laughs> Wolfpack NWO WCW world title. Nice. If it's you think long. you can put that sharpshooter on me again, you better try, because if you can't, I'll kill you. Damn. <laughs> a great line. Savage has been on the last couple kill weeks. Kill you. Yeah, he has been good. That reminds me of the Ronda Rousey telling uh, the segment where she told Becky she was going to kill her. I don't think uh, that went over well. I don't know why stage. not. Yeah, I don't think he could say that. Why not? I don't know. Savage says someone else does <laughs> death threats on this show, yeah. too. DX does terrorism on this show. Yeah, they... <laughs> They do. They go from a militia to a terrorist group. It's true. Uh, We'll get to that. uh, He says that he can't wait for SummerSlam. He has to have a match tonight. So he wants to challenge Hollywood Hogan to do it one more time. Massive Hogan sucks chant. He does reply... Yes. Hold on. I'm sorry. Oh, they chant Hogan sucks. Savage replies, yes, he does to the crowd. Yes, of course. He calls Hogan a bald-headed reject from the glue factory. Prima Donna, who's gonna, who's got his title, and he's not leaving here till he gets it back. And he's gonna... I, I kind of got confused on this last line of this promo I here. I couldn't make sense of it myself. He's gonna take a pterodactyl. Right? I thought he... No. And do what with it? What are you saying? And stick it where the sun don't shine. No, mm. a pterodactyl, and it's gonna feel like a cactus... No, no. When he sticks it where the sun don't shine. That's what Not I Not carid- pterodactyl. He said dangling carrot. Oh. Like a carrot dangling in front of How did ass. I get pterodactyl? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. Were you on the spoken word? <laughs> Were you on the spoken word record watching this one? <laughs> this was uh, a really good promo, though. Savage has been on the last couple weeks. And this is good. I mean, you get Brett. He... Cut his best promo in weeks against Savage. This should be... I don't think that Brett promo was that good, actually. Yeah, I don't I, think it was that good, but the, it was his best in weeks. No, so. the Pips and Thieves one from like two weeks ago no, was excellent. No. That, that was a good moment, but that he just didn't know what he was talking about. No, I thought he was great. Kidman he versus... Mean Gene to shut up. <laughs> That's good. Kidman versus Juventud Guerrera. 
All right, Kidman. Tell us about it, Mudman. Kidman's got Reese in his corner. This match is all about hang time. Kidman, Hoovy, let's do it. Kidman leapfrogs a quick Hoovy with ease, but then takes a head scissor ride to the outside. Hoovy hits a springboard dive to the floor, but he hits his head pretty hard on the way down. <laughs> yes, that, he does. That was just vicious. I mean, he did it to himself. But we get some smooth roll-up pins, some counter pins, effortless bridges. These guys look pretty good. Kidman's putting in the work, um, even though he's a slacker. Hoovy is always good. Hoovy driver, he... This could be it, but Kidman kicks out and then grabs referee Mickey James's hand. This allows Reese, the 7-4 monster, to enter the ring, lift Hoovy up by the throat, and he delivers a sit-down double choke slam that almost puts Hoovy through the mat. Kidman climbs to the top rope and puts Hoovy out of his misery with the seven-year itch. That Hoovy driver is at the end of like a nine reversal sequence. It starts on the top rope and ends on the mat with Hoovy plowing Kidman into the mat head first. So brutal. It could have been the finish. Great wrestling. I could believe it wasn't the finish, but you know what it is? All aboard! It's your pain train of the week. That Dude. was bad news on Kidman's neck. That was bad, but I <laughs> don't know if it was the pain train. What do you think? Or I'm thinking raw. Which thing? Oh, we'll get to it. Okay. Jared with the nunchucks. Oh, those are gimmicks. No way. <laughs> no way. Uh, this was a good match, though. I really like that. Kim and Hoovy have tons of good matches in 1998. In fact, I think they have maybe so many matches that they get annoying. Uh, Eric Bischoff comes out next on a motorcycle Holy shit Yeah he stole the Disciples of Apocalypse's entrance He is really really trying to look like a tough man this week He comes out on the motorcycle with his leather jacket Uh, Eric Bischoff's in a bad mood here Now we're going to find out later why that is Uh, He he didn't even come out to NWO music It was just a generic rock song Yeah it's his theme Um, okay. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really? Tony, uh, Tony Schiavone says, oh, here comes a jerk on a bike. <laughs> Dude, so he good. comes out and he's hot at Vince McMahon. No, he's hot at Vince McMahon because earlier in this very day, DX was at the Atlanta CNN's Towers uh, causing trouble. But we'll talk about that when we get to Raw. But he said he wants to know what Vince McMahon's thinking. He says that he sends his wannabes around wanting to talk to me. But he only sends them where he knows I'm not going to be. Sean Waltman, Mm -hmm. you want an apology? You come to our offices on a Monday afternoon. Even you, Sean, should know that I can't be there. Wow. An apology? Bite me. Wow. I apologize to no one. I don't know if that's a good philosophy. (laughs) Probably not. (laughs) Sean, I know you're just a puppet who does what Vince McMahon tells you to do. Vince McMahon, I'm coming to your backyard on Sunday. Worcester, Mass. You want me? Consider this an open invitation. It will be me and you in the ring. How about it, Vinny? Well, that's slamboree. <laughs> that's slamboree. Whoa. But I want to warn you people, if you think this guy will show up, don't buy the pay-per-view. Because uh. he's not man enough to step in the ring. But I'll be there if he comes. 
I'll knock him out. There's no way. Bischoff <laughs> name drops Vince like ten times. Yes. That's so Absolutely. weird. It is very weird, but tons of WCW talk on uh, Raw as well. True. Uh, they don't say Bischoff's name as much, although they do say it. They do drop his name too. Is this, um, is Nitro going 8 to 11? Yeah. And then, so this is the first hour. This is before Raw's even hit Before the Raw's on, there. but after D- Bischoff knows about DX at CNN Town. Yeah, yeah. So that's the course of the day. Damn. <laughs> so he's hot. Yeah, I imagine this, the DX thing was probably in the morning, actually. Mm-hmm. Since they had to fly to Baltimore. Yeah, bright Although and early. Atlanta to Baltimore is not like a long flight. Probably an hour or two. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I, had, I flew down to Florida recently. Yeah, you just you were on vacation. That's why there's been a gap in between episodes. Yeah, did you enjoy yourself? I love to fly in a plane. You like the plane better than the beach. Yes, I do. (laughs) I really like the takeoff. It's very exciting. Every time it could be your last moment. I know. That's why it's fun. Yeah, you live live on the edge a little. A little bit. You did you get a window seat? I did both ways. Interesting. Did you see the curvature of the? world it's not there buddy you can see it not (laughs) uh not really no i didn't really see that but you know were you above the clouds basic plain stuff uh i was above the clouds part of the time that's good yes uh good place to be (laughs) it sure is i try to live up there i would uh what do you think of bischoff calling out vince here i think that it's obviously well no only obviously in hindsight there's a possibility that like they could have a a match you know, like, but the thing is, he Vince wouldn't go and do it on WCW TV or pay per view. Come on, I don't be real. Would, yeah, well, he wouldn't do it at all at this point, but especially because how big he is and how <laughs> and you know, it's really just like chump change. Like, why even go after Bischoff, who's floundering here? <laughs> Although Bischoff probably would win in a real fight. Why? Because he could kick. Yeah, he's got a black belt. He's got no reach, and Vince has muscles out the wazoo. Oh, come on. Muscles mean nothing in a fight like that. One punch. One punch? Are you taking a whiz right now? <laughs> no, sorry, guys. I'm pouring myself some coffee. Oh, my God. you got to wake up and smell the roses because Vince McMahon would kick Bischoff's ass. <laughs> uh, this is just so bizarre. Buddy. This is just the kind of thing that can, like, will never happen again. Will it? Cody Rhodes is never going to go out on TV and, and challenge Triple H, is he? Probably. <laughs> I, I, I could definitely see that happening. I actually could, too. Uh, we go to commercial and we come back. Some music starts playing and then it just stops. And then some different music starts playing. Plan B. <laughs> the Nitro Girls come out. And, Alex, and then Alex Wright comes out at the end. And the security removes him again. Yeah, he interrupts it's the Nitro better. Girls. But they're done by the time he comes out. They're not happy. He just wants to dance. They're still not happy. Let him dance. They still get like five more seconds of screen time. And Alex Wright thinks that he could just <laughs> shove his mug in the Let television. Dance. He almost died. He had a I, brain aneurysm. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Eugene it doesn't did... mean that you could, you know, take advantage of other people's hard work. You know, they they deserve screen time too. And Alex Wright thinks that he can just, <laughs> you know, come out here because he almost died. He's got a free so. pass to just, just do whatever dance. he wants. A lot of people have had near-death experiences. I'd like to hear him talk about it, actually. That's an, that's an interesting interview. It would be. I, I never have heard an Alex Wright interview, like, now. 
Well, He's let's still around. do it. Let's I know he did a, something at the Performance Center. Let's book his ass on this show. Never. <laughs> Yuji Nagata with Sonny Ono versus Scott Norton. Uh, again, you can tell that these guys are rushed. Nagata's music ends when he's halfway down the ramp, and then Scott Norton jogs to the ring. Uh. <laughs> yeah, honestly, Norton comes down to the ramp, comes down the ramp like a runaway rhinoceros. He is like trotting down, and he looks like he's about to be just run rampant over Yuji Nagata. Norton unleashes some vicious knife edge chops, and I mean vicious. A power slam with a full head of steam. Nagata barely gets Norton over on this overhead belly to belly. I thought Norton was going to land right on his neck. But that only angers the beast, who slams Nagata down with a shoulder breaker. And that's it, people. Norton wins, and Sonny Ono, Yuji Nagata's manager, actually applauds the NWO's Scott Norton after he beats his man. One of the many storylines on this show that I do not care about. A lot of changes are happening. <laughs> uh, Sonny Ono might be NWO. This I did not like this match. You know what I think? I think that I just don't like Norton that much. He's uh, a brick house. He's a big guy. You, I would think that I would like him. But I just don't think he's that good. Although I'm sure these guys probably had 50 matches better than this in Japan over the course of their careers. They were both top guys in Japan at the same time. So I'm sure this match main evented many Japanese New Japan shows. Yeah, well, this one obviously rushed a little bit. But what do you not like about Norton? You love the Steiners. Yeah, but Norton's not as agile as them. He doesn't do the cool moves like they do. His finish sucks. We've I've, we've discussed my problems with the shoulder breaker. Uh, <laughs> I'm just not that into him. I, maybe, you know, maybe he's going to... I kind of liked Fire and Ice, but that was because I liked Ice Train. Yeah, that was a good combo. Uh, yeah. But anyway. Whatever happened to him? Uh, he'll be back. All right. Can't wait. <laughs> mean Jeans in the aisle. He plugs the hotline. They replay Kurt Henning joining the Wolfpack last week. Yeah, uh, Brian Adams tries to talk him out of it, but Henning says, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, I, he's not in the Wolfpack. How long is he in the Wolfpack? Like two weeks? Well, here's the thing. We haven't seen him with the Wolfpack since. <laughs> since this. That's true. <laughs> uh, and then we go back to the ring. Hugh Morris. With Jimmy Hart versus Jim Powers. Another Puddin' Guy match. Powers, Puddin'. He gets the Puddin' Guy entrance, which is no entrance. Hugh Morris comes down with his old manager, Jimmy Hart. He's back, and he's healthy, and he's ready to wreak havoc on Jim Powers. Morris copies Norton with that power slam, and there's not much to this match because Morris hits the No Laughing Matter moonsault and under him. Two minutes and gets uh, the win. Tony says less than two minutes, which is technically true, but a weird way to mention a match that was 23 seconds. Yeah, not even one minute. <laughs> not even true. 30 seconds. Yeah, it was nothing. Uh, yeah, nothing. I don't even know what to say. I have nothing. It was an easy meal. It was pudding. Uh, music starts to play like they're going to commercial. Uh, it seems like they're going to break. Instead, Nash and Conan come walking through the crowd. Their music starts, they're almost up to the rail. Kevin Nash says that two years ago, Hall and I formed the NWO. Hogan was up in some mountain making a movie. He saw the train leaving, decided to jump aboard. We've had some good times and we've had some bad times. But there's only one NWO, and that's the boys wearing the black and red. Bischoff and Hogan have been walking around the last few days with their chest puffed out because they finally got a little Viagra. 
this must be like the month that Viagra came. It out. actually is. It's it, like <laughs> Viagra's been around since like the very end of March '98. They it's all over the show. It's May 11th. Both shows. There's Viagra jokes. They love Viagra. <laughs> People of course can... these guys, like middle-aged men. I guess so, who are on steroids. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Hogan, we know you're flying in tonight. You're going to come out here and say to me that, Mr. Nash, you're stronger, you're bigger, you're younger, and you're definitely sexier. And I will now take off these bogus black and white colors and admit that, that there's only one New World Order... Nash's World Order. Wow, that is NWO. Something else has been bugging me, Hogan. I know you don't listen to Mac-10. The, oh, I actually watched a Mac-10 video. Yeah? It was cool because, like, he got into trouble, and then he got taken away in a police car, and then it said, to be continued. Oh, no! I was like, shit, now I gotta find the next one. <laughs> good stuff. You gotcha. Uh, do, you th- how, do you think, how long before this did Nash hear Mac-10 for the first time? Probably like a week or two. I mean, come on. Come on, Nash. Who are you trying to fool? He says, it's not for life. It's it's not for life. It's for life. And it's not too sweet. It's, it's too, too sweet. So if you're going to use our stuff, do it right. So he doesn't care that Hogan uses his catchphrases. No. As long as he does it right. The music starts to play while they're doing all this. Yeah, they get and cut off. Nash goes, Nash goes, well, I guess that's a wrap. They've cut us off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this was, I mean, uh, for an impromptu promo, they got a lot of time. This was fine. Yeah, this was all right. I mean, I didn't know. I didn't, I just can't get into this Nash Hogan feud. I don't care that much. Uh, why? It's the split of the NWO. I know. I don't know why. I just, there's nothing, I can't imagine anything exciting coming of it. Dude, I mean, but think of it. Like, a one-on-one match, and then the one supreme New World Order reigns over <laughs> WCW for life. <laughs> for life. But yeah. look, I think it's good. Nash really did... I mean, he jumped on Scott Hall's NWO, really. Hall was first. <laughs> yeah. Then Nash. Those two together. Although, Hogan really, Hall really... was in it. Nash was in it from the beginning because yeah. he mentioned Hall mentions him. That's true. In his very first Since promo. So, I don't think you could say... Hall and Nash are in unison. Okay. But Hogan obviously did jump on board because he did the cool thing. And, you know, would it have been as big without Hogan? No. Probably not. But <laughs> he was definitely not the brains behind it. Either. Also true. Uh, this was, uh, yeah, an alright promo. Next up, we go back to the ring. Ultimo Dragon versus Johnny Swinger. Puddin'. More Puddin'. Johnny Swinger. I remember him, he, he has, like, some ECW stuff. He was a guy who was just around forever. I think he was, like, an Eastern indie guy. Yeah, he followed his career? Not very much, but I, I a guy I've seen, like, on a lot of different shows. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Does okay. he always go by that name? Yeah, usually. He is just like putting guy on different shows. He did WWF too. I think he was in like the light heavyweight title tournament. Did we already see that? I don't think it was on Raw. Oh. Interesting. Well, Johnny Swinger, he gets his WCW debut here against Ultimo Dragon, who is probably the best, who has the best looking gear in all of WCW. Okay, let me think about it while you... Think about it. Yeah, that. do the... <laughs> It's awesome. It, it he, is no. It's great gear. He has a good color scheme, you know. It's it's the mask is great. The whole body, um, 
outfit. It's good stuff, man. But Johnny's going up against Johnny Swinger, who's just a new sleazy grease ball with a crooked smile. Another dancer, and he's bad at that. Dragon shows him the ropes and does some dancing on his own, of his own, on Swinger's back. That was a nice touch. He goes for the Super Rana, but all heads in the audience turn to the ramp when Chavo Guerrero walks to the ring by himself, and it's a good thing that the crowd uh, looked away from the ring because they missed the worst, far from super hurricane. <laughs> the worst one he's ever done. This is the worst dragon. Uh, Rana of all time. It's like you fell asleep in the middle of it. Oh, I think it's mainly because Swinger falls like a sack of bricks. This guy... But something happened with Dragon before he they even started falling. Because when he turned like he usually does, he did it all weird. And he had to put his hand on the <laughs> rope to, like, flip himself over yeah. before he broke his neck. I don't know. I wonder if he... Maybe he would have... I wonder if he hit his head or something earlier in the match. Oh, maybe. You can't tell because you can't see his eyes. <laughs> But Dragon, I, yeah. he puts a Swinger to sleep with the Dragon Sleeper. Chavo walks into the ring and shakes the hand of the winner, Ultimo Dragon. And out marches Eddie Guerrero, who wants none of it. He gets into the ring, slaps his nephew Chavo right in the face. But, all, but finally, Chavo stands up for himself. He shoves Eddie down and... Um, there you go. This could be good. And then they go face to face. And uh, Eddie says, oh, Chavo, you're a big tough guy. Now, why don't you just take a slug me in the face? Take a shot. I dare you. And then Ultimo Dragon sneaks up behind Eddie, puts him in the uh, Dragon Sleeper. But Chavo saves his uncle. And it's just a convoluted mess. The and then whole... Eddie jumps Dragon. Eddie then jumps Dragon. <laughs> so Dragon ends up down. So Eddie walks away. The whole crowd is chanting, Eddie sucks. Yes. So loud. Um, um, I thought this... I didn't like this. I did. I thought the match was bad. And the angle was not that bad. But it happened so quickly. It was so... They, it was so... Like, literally the amount of time it took you to say it was exactly how long it took. Yeah. And it happened so fast. The crowd was not reacting to each separate thing. They were just kind of watching and then chanting Eddie sucks. And, I don't know, didn't have any effect. And they cut away from it so quick. I don't know. Didn't like it. Not that good. Still excited for when they do... Uh, they're going to do Eddie and Audible Dragon on pay-per-view, which I'm sure is going to be good. Yeah, Dragon's... Dragon's been good recently. A he's little right. off, more off and on than usual. Yeah, he's but been he's bad this... Good. He was just bad this week. That's all I remember. Yeah. Uh, Al now speaking, now this is, uh, gonna be a controversial opinion. Here comes, I hated this promo. <laughs> this was awful. What? Out comes Dusty Rhodes. I thought this was one of the best parts of the whole show. This sucked. No way. <laughs> he comes out and he says, before this night is over, before the tickets are turned in, Kevin Nash is gonna be on Hollywood Hogan's, in Hollywood Hogan's face. In his ugly mug. So, Dusty Rhodes is in the Wolfpack. Yeah. Okay, now we know. So he's with Savage, Nash, Hennig, Conan. Yes. He says, I got to filibuster a little bit. Bischoff and Hogan are eating at the table that Dusty sat for you. Mm -hmm. Bischoff fired six trying to ruin the wolf pack. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, sure. Took out Scott one of the main Hall guys. came to me years ago and offered up his innocence, and I did not pay him back with scorn. I gave him shelter from the storm. Bob Dylan, quote. <laughs> he will Brilliant. be at Slamboree. Randy Savage, you need to stop bitching. Good. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, it's his own it's his own friend. He's in the Wolfpack together. What is Savage bitching about? What he's he's complaining about what? About <laughs> Sa- he's complaining about Hogan. This guy and is now, and now Brett. He's he's really he, I mean he's got a feud with Brett and now Dusty he's Rhodes like has him. no idea what's happening on this show. He does not watch the Nitros. I'm convinced of it after watching this. I mean, <laughs> I think it's okay to call it your Randy Savage, you need to stop bitching. Good. It's just rambling. It has no relation to the rest of the promo. And then he moves on. The Wolfpack has no pecking order. Hall will be at the pay-per-view, despite his personal problems. Mm-hmm. Good. Okay, so the... the goes around and about. It just was bad delivery. I disagree. Awful. I mean, the macho thing... He was complaining about the pecking order of the NWO. Hogan, you know, he believes that Hogan is the top guy. Macho believes that. And, you know, Dusty said he always looked eye to eye with Hogan. And that's not, you know, that's... It's basically Savage's (laughs) fault for not just believing in himself. I didn't get that out of this. And he also... (laughs) Yeah, he calls out, he says that Hall's going to be there. That's good. How does he know that? Because he's been He hasn't been on the show in months. He's been closest (laughs) with Hall. I didn't even know he was in the Wolfpack. Well, we knew he was with Hall. And if Hall's in the Wolfpack, then so is Dusty. Is Hall in the Wolfpack? According to Nash, the leader. (laughs) Well, not the leader. I guess Savage is the leader. (laughs) It's hard to keep straight. I mean, there's just so much change every week. I know, it's not... With, like, little things, NWO things, cruiserweight things, you know, just everything is kind of moving uh, too quickly. Uh, Goldberg, out next, versus Len Denton. Goldberg's pyro was late. Len Denton. (laughs) Len Denton. Oh, wow. That's his name. Put it. (laughs) Tony Schiavone says about Goldberg that we have... Witness the birth of this man on this program. I don't think that should be taken literally. <laughs> or if it was, I missed that part. But Goldberg now is 82 and 0. He's going up against a very accomplished veteran grappler. Not just any grappler, the grappler. Len Denton's old gimmick was the grappler. He was big in the Pacific Northwest Territory and Mid-South. And there, he tagged with Dirty White Boy. What do you think about that guy? Dirty White Boy? Yeah. Good. Horrible name. I like it. No. (laughs) You get your built-in theme song. It's good. Yeah, apparently they were the Dirty White Boys. That was the tag team. And then Len Denton went off to do the Grappler... More just like straight up the grappler, and then Dirty White Boy took the name. Dirty White Boy. But uh, Dirty White Boy and Smoky Mountain, so good. Oh my god, great really? stuff. Yes. Um, well, Len Denson's real claim to fame is that Jake Roberts claims to have botched a move and accidentally give, given Len Denton the first ever DDT. 
<laughs> oh, there you go. He dropped him on his head by accident and dubbed it the DDT. Is that true? Did he really invent that? Um, who else did it? I don't know. Maybe well, he did. Until we are proven wrong, I believe it was Jake Roberts. That's always what I thought, but usually those things end up not being true, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you can always trace it back a little further. Yeah, it's true, but according to uh, Jake Roberts... He invented it, so <laughs> take that with a grain of salt. Well, Lynn Denton, he gets annihilated by Goldberg. He gets tossed around. He takes a series of punches to the head, spear, jackhammer. Goldberg reigns supreme, 83-0. The United States champion is untouchable. He's unbeatable. He's Goldberg. Great, great squash. Definitely the best squash on this show. Nasty spear. He's the man. Uh, mean Gene gets caught tucking his tie in when we get back from commercial. This it's like big, bright yellow tie. He, it's like he wasn't ready. He can't hide it. Uh, he interviews J.J. Dillon and Raven. Interesting. Uh, Raven has filed some sort of grievance with WCW. J.J. Dillon says there have been a bizarre series of attacks against Raven. A concession stand worker attacking him recently. DDP attacked him this week on MTV. And... Last week on Nitro, DDP hung him from a rope. Yes. Uh, was killing the man. Yes, he did. Uh, he says that, he, I have no respect for Raven at all. But his lawyer made a point that possibly WCW has provided an unsafe work environment and maybe has breached his contract. I would say so. Raven says, that's right, they need to protect me. So Dylan says, we will, we will provide four... Riot control officers to protect Raven. What? Outcome. As if the flock's not enough. The flock and the officers. Oh my god. As soon as I see these guys in helmets, I'm like, well, I know where this is going at some point. DDP dressing <laughs> up as one of them, delivering the diamond cutter. DDP or the other guy. Canyon, maybe. Oh, you think? Uh, the vendor. <laughs> the vendor. The vendor. Uh... <laughs> Raven says that he will find out who the assailant is who's been attacking him. Uh, out comes the flock, like, after all this. Hammer brags that he's still there. Uh, this Sunday, DDP and I will have a Bowery death match inside a steel cage. Sounds like a Texas death match, but inside a steel cage. You will feel the even flow. Last week, then he just moves on from DDP, his pay-per-view match. And now he goes on to Saturn. Dude, I'm glad that's in a cage. That's something to look forward to. Oh, that match is going to be good. I think so. Yes. Last week, Saturn lost a loser leaves the flock match. If he's got anything to say in his defense, he should come out now. And then Kidman takes the mic and calls Saturn a loser. But then they, when Saturn gets there, everybody attacks Hammer. Who is the biggest loser. Who is the biggest loser despite winning. Yeah. And then Saturn hits him with a DVD. Yeah, the Death Valley driver. Raven, <laughs> Raven so many things happen in this segment. Again, Raven then much. says Saturn is his enforcer. enforcer and will stay with him permanently. Then Jerry Flynn is in the ring out of nowhere and starts having a match with Saturn. While there's six other people in the ring, they start just running the ropes. The and then there's a ref in there. Yeah. And it's a match. Well, yeah, the commentary <laughs> crew kind of let us in <laughs> on the fact that Hammer was supposed to have a match with Flynn. My God. But Jerry Flynn. <laughs> we don't even get that till halfway through this 
minute match. Uh, yeah, but well, still, I mean, it's only this, at least it's at least it's not Hammer versus Jerry Flynn. Yeah, that would have been horrific. <laughs> or, yeah, Saturn versus Jerry Flynn. Tell us about this match, bud. Yeah, after the Death Valley driver to Hammer outruns Jerry Flynn, who's kicking it around like a madman. He's just has no rhyme or reason to him. Saturn, he caught him with a super kick. And he puts Jerry Flynn away with a DVD, Death Valley Driver. And that is that. Make short work out of another pudding guy. Uh, yeah, this was this segment with the flock is just too much, man. I don't, I don't really care about most of these guys in the flock. And, like, it's just why have, Raven's in, like, four storylines simultaneously. And why have Hammer win last week? I don't why know. Why not just have the Enforcer I have no idea. beat the Scrub and be done with it? And why put this stuff with Saturn and Hammer in the same segment when Raven could have used that time to talk about his match with DDP, which is the important thing? Yeah, that was very brief. Uh, cool. I'm excited for a cage match. Enclosed on the top. It's going to be like a hell in a cell. Yes, it is. Uh, We go to commercial. We come back. We get Fit Finley. Well, well, hold on. We do get Fit Finley, the new TV champion. But do you think that this is May 98. Do you think the, the hell in a cell in WCW influenced... WWF bringing back the Hell in a Cell for the Taker Mankind match? No, because it's not very similar. It's the WCW cage with a top on it. Like World War Three style. Yeah, no, that no, like like uh, War Game style. War Game style. Yes, yeah. yes. Sorry, that's the battle sixty man <laughs> battle royale. The other ridiculous <laughs> gimmick. Uh, yeah, Fit Finley versus Rage. Heenan joins the commentary team, uh, which means we're halfway through. So why don't we take a quick break and play Hyper Knight? All right, I love this game. Ding, 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 it's my lucky night. This is when I run down the Thunder card for Mud, and he tells me if anything gets him excited. And if I am excited, I'll say hype. And if I'm not, <laughs> you'll, you know the rest. Uh, Reese versus Chavo Guerrero Jr. Hype on that. That's going to be excellent. Mud just put a fist in the air. All the way to the sky. Fit Finley versus Chaos. Nipe. <laughs> I liked Fit Finley versus Rage. Only because you get a tombstone at the end. Rage is good. Goldberg uh, versus Sick Boy. Nipe. Done with that. Saturn versus Chris Adams. Hype. I like Saturn. I think he's fine. Chris Adams is great. The inventor of the super kick. <laughs> Chris Benoit versus Rage. Nipe. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. That match sounds awesome. Ugh. Those guys are... Dude, Rage is sick. Kevin Nash. Life edge chops listen to this. Got a, a cripple cross face. Public Enemy versus Kevin Nash and Dusty Rhodes. Hype. <laughs> Definitely hype. <laughs> Who's taking the table bump? Dusty. 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 Dusty's <laughs> in a fucking match. You know it's Rocco. Oh, <laughs> he always puts himself through. And the main event is Randy Savage versus Sting. Hype that. That goes 223. Even though Sting <laughs> kind of sucks. I, I, you Randy know, Savage versus Sting goes 223. The Dusty Rhodes match goes three minutes. Mm, that's a shame. Okay, but I'll tell you this. Sting in the ring as the black and white Sting sucks. He's a horrible wrestler. I just don't think that's true. I... His matches have been terrible. That's not true. Yeah, 
What match one, was terrible? He had one good match with DDP, and that's it. No, his match with Hall was really good. We sat here no. on the couch together and loved that match. We're going crazy for it. And now you're... Uh, uh, the and the countless Hogan <laughs> matches sucked. There were two bad Hogan matches. All the other matches were good. No, no, no. His match with Savage was good. Yeah, I just think Sting is overrated. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I think he's probably rated about properly. He was, uh, yeah. I think he was better, like a better wrestler, with the blonde flat top. I think he was about the same. Uh, he's like he's smaller. He's, he's always hit, hit and miss as a wrestler, but I think he's. I mean, I I just can't say that. I mean, as many good matches as any other wrestler on this show, except for a few, like <laughs> it's not like like who's had who's been having better matches every week that they would actually give the world title to. Well, that's the thing. You can't <laughs> put the title on anyone that's not in the NWO. Well, they did. And, but he eventually turns. <laughs> it's true. like, that's the whole thing. When everybody is in the NWO, then everyone in WCW has no chance. That's true. You know? That's coming up. Although that's, we'll, we'll see how we're that goes. very close to that. Well, that's when we're going to get the Warrior. So, anyway. Fit Finley versus Rage. Tell us about him. But I like this match. Yeah, Fit Finley, he walks out with the television title that he beats, that he won from Booker T last night. He says, if you don't like it, I don't care. He's talking about all the fans booing him. <laughs> Even though he won, you know, pretty much fair and square last week. Rage, he tries throwing Finley around, but Finley takes Rage's leg out, works that for a while, keeps Rage, the big meathead, grounded. Uh, Booker comes out to prevent Chaos, Rage's partner, from interfering. And this allows Finley to hit Rage with the tombstone. Pile driver, one, two, three. Finley, you know, he's going to be a tough guy to beat for that title. He's a tough guy. I like this match a lot. I love Rage. This guy was underrated. He has an unbelievable great power slam at one point. A, a six springboard splash for a two count that the crowd actually bites on. Yeah, because Finley, they could so see good. him losing. But, but, like, honestly, he's a tough guy. He's but Rage was dope. Big um, Rage fan. And Rage Against the Machine and Robbie Rage. Well, Rage is better than <laughs> Robbie Rage. Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, I don't know. He was good. I Springboard was good. was good. I must say, I believe I'm onto something here. I have an idea that the Power Slam is the move of 98. I'm considering it. I'm considering making it official. No, what about the Missile Dropkick? I'm go- I might all go against it. All over all these no, shows. No, dude, these Power Slams... Dude... I'm going to tally up the power slams. Dude, I'll tally up the missile dropkicks. I know there was like three on Monday Night Raw. Yeah, and I know there was about 15 on Nitro. Power slams. 15. Yes. Uh, 12, 13 matches. That's true. We go to commercial, we come back. Nitro girls dance, and then we get a Nitro party at a a YMCA. Yeah, the NWO's infiltrating YMCAs now. Bunch of kids and their parents dressed up. Yeah, the Seems fun. the party was hosted by Tricky Rick Scott mm-hmm. from Dinersburg, Tennessee. Do you know whose hometown Dinersburg, Tennessee is? Uh, no. Colonel Rob Parker. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and, there you go. Yeah. I, why aren't they watching Raw? Good question. Yeah. That's where he is now. He's, he jumps ship every other week. 
But yeah, I saw one guy in Ultimate Warrior face paint, and this guy actually thinks that Warrior's coming back. This guy is good. This observer, guy is a fool. The Observer subscriber, because they were actually thinking about bringing Warrior back on this show. Warrior's not coming back. They thought about bringing it back on this show because they are already, I mean. Don't be ridiculous, really. They lost the ratings twice, and they are just in full panic mode. It's unbelievable how quick they get. Like they were like literally like they've been talking to Helwig. Uh, he's not going to come back until later in the year. But like, they thought about rushing him back and bringing him back on this show. Dude, WCW was the paper champion of the Monday Night Wars. You know, like <laughs> once you attack them, once you. You know, they did immediately crumble. They had a glass jaw. Yes, they did. They absolutely <laughs> panicked, crumbled. They and did. Right, this is the beginning of the end. Lost really. all faith in, in themselves know. and just were like, how yeah. much stock they take in ratings? It's ridiculous. Uh, well, it was a ratings business. But, but I mean, uh, come on, you still exist. Yeah, and you weren't. You're you were still having doing well. these great ratings. Yeah, it was. It was just so weird. It's anyway, every like, wrestling is blowing up. It's just yeah. That's what's happening. Lenny Lane versus oh, Diamond Dallas Page. Another pudding match. More pudding. Bizarre conversation the announcers about Chip Beef. Did you catch this? No, tell me more. <laughs> I don't really remember too like, much about it except that Bobby Heenan was talking about eating chip beef. Like chipped ham? Is that different? No, it's... I mean, chipping is just a way of cutting the meat. Yeah, yeah. Chipped ham is better. You, you, when's the last time you ate meat? I don't know. I'm just, <laughs> it's a Pittsburgh thing. I like a chipped ham. Yeah? Yeah. That's good. I talked to two girls from Pittsburgh at the coffee shop today who went on and on about how much nicer everybody is in Columbus. Do you agree with that? Yeah, because people here are phony as fuck. (laughs) Pittsburgh, you know... Fucking outsiders. Yeah, fucking outsiders. (laughs) Yeah, seriously, though. Come on. Midwest. I'm not... I'm just saying that's what they said. Well, yeah, because... No one is out to kiss your ass in Pittsburgh. Are people in Columbus out to kiss your ass? Yeah, everybody's schmoozing. Not mine. Nobody kisses my ass. I wish they would. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Maybe you. No, I mean, I see it. I won't allow it. If someone starts kissing my ass, I direct them elsewhere. To a different ass. Like Lenny Lane, who is just an ass. And he's taking on... Diamond Dallas Page. DDP slaps the taste out of Lane's mouth, hits him with a tilt-a-whirl slam, then DDP sells for entirely too long. <laughs> What's wrong with him? He, I don't know. He wanted to... He's selling for Lenny Lane. Wanted to help out Lenny. I don't the know. The epitome of an ass. He's a, he's a big Beatles fan. A, oh, my God. Penny Lane. Lenny Lane. <laughs> Are they in cahoots? Why does he get to spell it out? I think people are they in love? <laughs> what if he married a penny? That'd be great. Lenny and Penny carved into a tree. Oh, beautiful. LL and PL. Well, guess what? It's not happening tonight because the man's going to be knocked unconscious with this diamond cutter from the second rope. DDP gets the win as expected. Why even have the match? This was, uh, I will say that Paige is super over in this town for whatever reason. Kansas City loves DDP. DDP in Kansas City. He was way over. He calls Raven lawyer boy and says he's going to bang him at Slamboree. And if he wants, Raven can come out and he'll bang him right there. (laughs) It's true. I mean, does he not know the alternate (laughs) meaning of bang? He must just be trying to be funny. 
Oh my god. Anyway, Raven comes to the ramp with the four cops, but then they turn around and leave. So Raven is just a spoiled brat. Yeah, that's that's that what we're gets getting his way. at. Yes, that's what we're getting at. He that's... was a disturbed human being, but that was just a facade. Uh, I think this DDP Raven feud has been great, and I think this is kind of the end of it here at Slamboree. Where do they uh, go from here? So I'm excited to see it. Yeah, it all ends in the cage where it should. Yeah. Let yeah. bygones be bygones. Well, DDP's going to feud with Hogan. Uh, but uh, we'll see. I don't know. I don't remember what Raven does over the summer of 98. Uh, by the way, all through this show, we're not going to mention it, they keep replaying the Bischoff challenging Vince clip. Probably Ugh. ten times. Yeah, it's stupid. It's crazy how much they're relying on this to try and draw buys. How... They're trying to get Vince... Yeah, they're using Vince, you yeah. know. To, I can't believe this isn't, just, like, something that they would try and avoid. Although... You would think, why... It's okay. not like Vince, like, WWF is so much more popular. Well, also, like, they had those legal issues but with the Razor, Ramon, and Diesel stuff. So, like, you don't want, like, because they were, like, well, they... Yeah, the Misleading same. people into thinking WWF and WCW are working together. Yeah. So, you would think this would be similar... Uh, but uh, apparently they didn't give a shit. And WWF was using WCW like to get TV ratings, uh, with all the clips on the raw because they keep building up to them. Stay tuned. Yeah. Uh, and so. Uh, wow. So they're just kind of using each other. Yeah. And that's fine. I mean, it's a war. It's all right. I think all that stuff's in good fun. Yeah, I think it's. I think it is too. But okay. what do you do? You think Bischoff's taking it a little too seriously here? He probably is, but it's funny to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> True. Out comes Hogan, Bischoff, Disciple, Vincent, and Adams. This is Hogan's crew at this point. The white and black. Not attack. for long, though. Uh, he is very good to see the black and white on the NWOites who worship Hollywood. His new three ninja movies is at a theater near you. He's the world champ. And he's spending Ted Turner's money while he films the Assault on Devil's Island sequel. Well, he's living large. Well, the thing about that is, the movie is called Shadow Warriors, Assault on Devil's, Devil's Island. Yeah. This is Shadow Warriors 2, Hunt for the Death Merchant. Oh. So Assault on Devil's Island is actually only like the... Subtitle. Subtitle, yeah. Shadow Warriors. Interesting. I never knew that. Have we watched any of these? I watched the one and tallied up the deaths. <laughs> I watched that when was Hogan good. was on Baywatch. Oh, yeah, that was, that was good, good, too. Also, um, I just wanted to point out that these uh, Shadow Warriors movies are the only two movies Carl Weathers did in between Happy Gilmore and Little Nicky. <laughs> so that's where we're at, 98. Uh <laughs> He says, when you're in the NWO, it's for life, and that includes the guys in the Wolf Pack. The way things really went is a couple of years ago, Holland Nash needed the rub. They were trying to get to the top spot with Hollywood because they didn't have the talent to do it on their own. When I was selling out the world, they were at home dreaming of going to wrestling school. Huh. We're going to have a world title match tonight. We're going to see Hogan beat Savage one more time with another clear-cut victory, and in five hours, I'll be back in Vancouver on a movie set. So I dedicate this to all the people on the movie set who wash my hair and clean my feet. <laughs> the makeup crew. Yeah. Clean my feet? Uh, that happens. <laughs> this is a foot fetish film? Someone's got to clean his feet. <laughs> he Lord knows he can't do it. This guy's got a bad back. He's a millionaire. Uh, 
Yeah, this is interesting. Hogan here. He's great here. Pretty good, and his perspective <laughs> might be a little accurate. I mean, like Hall and Nash just wanted a rub. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. That's the thing too. When you partner up, you always partner up to eventually feud. You know. Yeah. So Hall and Nash. In the back of their mind, starting the NWO, knew that one day it would come to a head when they would actually fight Hollywood Hogan. And become the main event. Could they have done it without him? I don't know. <laughs> Nash would have, because he's so tall. <laughs> I mean, so even if they, if, they wouldn't even have, if they wouldn't have started the NWO, they probably would have just brought Nash in and just immediately had him feud with Hogan. So no, I mean they were probably. doing the tag team stuff. Like they would have been stuck in the tag team no, division. That, that was not the plan. I, I mean, I, the original when they were talking about bringing them over before the NWO thing started, it was Hogan versus Diesel is what they wanted. Yeah, well that never happened. Until uh, are we even gonna get it? It's been years. Well, I don't think we are. Not until not for like years. Oh god, it's garbage. Uh, no payoff. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Nash or Hogan keeps talking. He says that he heard, he's heard what Kevin Nash has been saying. So I should get I guess you should get your old skinny legged wannabe butt out here right now. And then Nash and Hogan have an incredible exchange. Yeah, do you want to hear it from the horse's <laughs> mouth? I do. Nash and Hogan here uh, riffing, like taking it even further than X Pac and Animal and, and Hawk two weeks ago. Yeah, they're getting very personal. <laughs> And uh, Nash's first line cracks me up. Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, this is what Nash and Hogan had to say. First off, before you open your mouth, why don't you take your wife's sunglasses off? <laughs> right after you take your sister's tea back off, I saw you putting on a couple weeks ago in the dressing room. What are you checking me out for, big man? You're just too sweet. I am sexy. <laughs> <laughs> Are they supposed to be feuding? I know, they turned into like Abbott and Costello for yeah. a second. I am sexy. Was... I think they both turned it. Like, right after that, my favorite thing is that you can hear Tony Schiavone go, oh boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, so you're saying uh, Hogan brought up a tea bag? That's just like a thong? Yeah, like a thong, yeah. Okay. Uh, Hogan. He wears thongs. <laughs> Probably. I remember, like. Him in the locker room after like the rock match or something. That makes sense. He's wearing a thong. Sure, sometimes you got to. He's like notorious for wearing a thong. <laughs> Hogan, uh, Ric Flair didn't wear one. No, bare ass. <laughs> bare ass. So Hogan says, uh, You need to apologize to the NWOites. You need to admit that while you were away, while I was away, you got carried away. And I want you to admit that, yes, I am your leader. This is your last. Chance. Huge Hogan sucks chance. Nash says... There was a huge Hogan sucks chance when he was trying to cut the promo in the first place. Mm -hmm. Without Nash. Like, this crowd is turning on him. They hate Hogan, which is the goal. Yeah. So, it's working. Uh, Hogan is super over here as a heel. More over than any other time. Nash says he ain't apologizing for nothing. And if you think I can't go through your three stooges to get to you, then you got another thing coming. Hogan says, you didn't think I would come to a gunfight without a really big gun, did you? Huh. And out comes the giant. 
What? In an NWO black and white t-shirt. When you're NWO, you're NWO for life. He attacks Nash, leaves him beaten and spray painted. Wow, humiliated. Finally. Out comes Conan, Dusty Rhodes, and Randy Savage. To make the save. I think, I'm thinking Hogan's crew had a good chance to get that, against that, that uh, posse. Yeah, I don't know what Dusty's gonna do, but apparently he's in a match next week. <laughs> Hogan, ne- Giant, uh, Adams, <laughs> Vincent Disciple. Oh, all of a sudden, you think Adams is good. Uh, they, nobody should be able to take up at least one guy long enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, they back off. He should be able to take Dusty. Hogan they back did, off. Hogan did not want to battle tonight. So. No. Not twice, because he's in the main event. They don't seem that scared when they back off. Though. No, they're just kind of chill. They did what they had to do, and then that's it. This is a good segment. Why do anything more? They've Nash and Hogan. taken out Nash. Yeah. Hogan was great. Nash and Hogan were good against each other. The giant turn uh, sort of makes sense, because he's supposed to, the whole gimmick is that he, you know, it's supposed to come off of his hatred for Nash. So he's leaving WCW, leaving Sting. He was supposed to tag up with Sting. At Slavery, which they still will. What? So that's coming up. So Sting is tag team partners with an NWO-ite? Yes. Good grief. What is this At Slambury. Oh, no. Against the... Outsiders. So they're still... So the Outsiders are still Wolfpack, I suppose. But now WCW and NWO Black and White are friends? This makes Sting, (laughs) like, a a heel. And nobody's actually ever seen Hall. Yeah, are we going to get a Hall match or not? (laughs) Uh, This is... But I thought this was a good segment. The Giant, though, man, he really got... If you think about his feud with Nash... Giant was pretty over as a babyface, and then his Starcade match with Nash gets canceled. Yeah. His sold-out match, he gets dropped on his fucking bean. Hardcore. Hardcore. Yeah. Takes two months off, has another match with Nash, DQ finish. Gets powerbombed. Gets powerbombed again. Big, like, big time. DQ finish, and then he turns heel and Nash turns babyface. So, <laughs> Giant, clearly the lesser star. Dude, he lost. I know, he Swallow did. Swallow his pride. He's done. <laughs> we go to commercial, we come back, and we get uh, we go to Jericho now. He's in the ring with Mean Gene. He claims that his proper heart, proper name is Lionheart Chris Jericho, the man of a thousand four holds, the Ayatollah of rock and roll, a paragon of future, virtue for all humankind. Hey, it's got all the catchphrases. Says that after tonight he's going to retire the cruiserweight title because he has no challengers. Well, did he run this by J.J. Dillon? Well, out comes J.J. Dillon for the what seems like the fifth time on this show. Yeah, he was not on the show for months. Much. <laughs> for months. It's true you've defeated all, defeated all the top contenders, but it's Slamboree. Fifteen of the top cruiserweights will compete in a battle royal with a title shot when the winner gets a title shot on the very same night. Jericho's saying, you're telling me I have to face a guy who's just been beaten up by 14 other guys? I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take those odds. Jericho's confident. Uh, anyway, he, he goes to his easel to unveil his his framed picture of Dean Malenko like he does every week. Mm-hmm. And it turns out it's been vandalized. It's been defaced. There's mustache and, and what else is drawn on there? Blacked out tooth, maybe. Devil horns. Devil horns. Uh, air bubble that... Sorry. Speech yes. bubble that says, I'm a Jericho-holic. He's shocked. It's been vandalized by somebody. He's very upset. And then out comes Joe Malenko. The unthinkable. The <laughs> brother of Dean. The brother of Dean Malenko. Have you ever seen Joe Malenko wrestle? 
No, but he looks like a Malenko. He is a Malenko. He's a he wrestled in Japan. Wrestled a little in WCW. He's a real Malenko. Uh, well, nobody's a real Malenko. That's not the real name. Even Boris Malenko is not really a Malenko. What? I think their last the family last name was Simon, but their working last name was Malenko. Dude, Simon's better. <laughs> uh, yeah, Jay Malenko comes out. He looks like a mean shop teacher. You know what I'm saying? He's got a polo tucked in. Lost a He's thumb. pissed. Uh, he says he calls Chris Jericho the Energizer Bunny of bad taste. He never stops. <laughs> Jericho he says, "I have nothing but respect for you, Shooter." I like that he called him Shooter. <laughs> it actually made Joe Malenko seem a little scary, which is good because you've never seen this fucking guy yeah, before. Yeah, he could be a murderer. Yeah, so he might know. actually be well, you know, a ringer, a hooker. Sure. It's over. It's all a big misunderstanding. Don't worry about it, says Chris Jericho. So then, when Joe Malenko starts to look away. Chris Jericho attacks him and hits him with a prosthetic leg that he was holding earlier when he was talking about how he took the knee of Rey Mysterio as a trophy. <laughs> so he's beating up Joe Malenko with his leg. This is like Doink versus Crush at WrestleMania this was 10. All, and then they cut immediately to commercial. <laughs> so quickly. I think that was WrestleMania 10. Uh, no, 9. Ugh. <sighs> WrestleMania 10, Crush wrestled Savage. Oh, that's right. Uh, so this was okay. Uh, I... Not that great for a Jericho segment, but it was kind of cool to see Joe Malenko. Kind of. I mean... I don't really know who the fuck he is. He has no charisma. I was excited for a minute. Like, I was excited <laughs> that he was there, but I didn't actually... It was actually, so different. It was a good idea for a segment. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Just kind of... If Dean Malenko had... They should have had somebody play Dean Malenko's brother. Uh, fill in. Then we get a... Go to commercial. We get a Glacier promo. This late in the show, we're deep in the third hour here. I feel like we're in the sixth hour of this podcast. This Nitro's way worse recapping it than it was watching it, I think. Yeah, there were some good moments, but like I said, it didn't flow as a show. Glacier promo. He's talking about how he brought the cryonic kick, which is a super kick, to WCW. And if somebody uses it, he's taking them out. Shivani says this is ridiculous. It is. <laughs> and it is. And here we go. Sick Boy versus Glacier. Tell us about it, man. Chris Adams is on the roster. <laughs> he invented it. this move. <laughs> Glacier, former cop, total nobody. He totally misses the kick. No, his dad was a cop. Oh, yeah. He totally misses this kick that he is taking. This um, was awful. This is the two-puke stinker of the week for uh, sure. Uh, yeah, he totally misses this kick that he's taking credit for. It's supposed to knock down the referee and Sick Boy at the same time. Neither. Completely whips. (laughs) And then he tries it again and it's even worse. Yes. This match is awful. Um, So the referee goes down anyway. Saturn, Sick Boy's flock friend, comes in. He kicks Glacier. Kind of almost knocks him out. It, it looked pretty real. That's a real super kick. That was a great super that kick. That connected. But somehow Glacier kicks out of that. I couldn't believe that wasn't the finish. So dumb. Glacier gets up, kicks Sick Boy with the cryonic kick, was it? Or was it? It was the cryonic kick. And then that was it. And he won. But Glacier wins. When Nick Patrick counted the two on Saturn's super kick, the bell rang. True. Like it was That's over. Right. It was the biggest clusterfuck. It was only two minutes of a match. And it was, everything went awful. Uh, and just the fact that Sick Boy versus Glacier is the 10th fucking match on this yeah, show. Yeah, get real. Imagine. 
terrible. All the people. Yeah, Saturn, he uh, gets back in there and drops Glacier on his head a couple times, almost hurting the man. It was pretty, pretty um, interesting because he was really trying to attack this guy. Was that your car? No. Okay. But, yeah, <laughs> somebody's breaking into my car. No, no, just kidding. But, um... This was uh, this was awful. Yeah, it was it was really bad. But the the saving grace of this segment is we get a fan in the front row. <laughs> okay. And this is the same fan from the April eighteenth, nineteen ninety seven, WWF Raw in Omaha. Okay. Where this fan he was an Austin fanatic. He was booing Pillman, who was during during his Pillman's like religious. Um, gimmick and he was booing Pillman he was an Austin fanatic and now here he is again May 11th 98 in WCW in Kansas City this time and he has three other guys with him front row all decked out in WCW Nitro gear <laughs> head to toe unmistakably him this fan is magic also, Bowl Cut Kid, um, from you know, from old uh, WWF shows, started following us on Instagram. Oh, nice! Yeah, so there you go, your hero. One fans of, of wrestling. Maybe he can help. Have you asked him if he knows where Faith No More guy is? Dude, seven degrees. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're gonna finish. The, we're gonna figure this out. Uh, we go to commercial. We come back. Mean Gene brings out Lex Luger. Uh, Luger cuts a great little promo. He says that Rick Steiner's out three or four months, and it's one of the most disgusting scenes he's ever seen. Last week, of course, Rick Steiner got attacked by Brian Adams. He says, I don't run my mouth. I wrestle everybody. I don't ask for much. But J.J. Dillon, I want a contract for Slamboree with Scott Steiner or Brian Adams or both of them. Not wise. Not wise, But he had Luger. great energy, great fire, Great promo. I liked it. He let his emotions do the talking, and that's going to cost the total package. Except it's not. I think he just has a one-on-one -on -one match. Yeah? So. Well, someone's going to come out with a prosthetic <laughs> leg, whack him over the head, and he's done. Chris Benoit versus Booker T. This was the match of the week, in my opinion. You think this was number one? Pretty good. I mean, Booker T coming off it the TV title loss. It was not a ton loss. of competition. <laughs> Benoit, you know, he cost Booker the title last week. Fit Finley's the champ. Winner of this match takes on the champ, Fit Finley. Benoit versus Booker. We get some hard chops, but Booker has the reach. He has the power. He gets a sidekick and a power slam. Tally it up. Benoit is quick, though. He gets around Booker behind him, hits him with a belly-to-back suplex, hits the diving headbutt, but Booker answers back with a scissor kick. Benoit throws the referee into the sidekick, but the ref doesn't go down. Booker kind of pulls the kick. He doesn't unleash everything, and that gets him caught up in the cripple across face. Booker taps out. Benoit gets the win. And he and gets the title shot. Against Fit Finley for the TV title at Slamboree. Uh, so Booker here, was. this is just another week where he's awesome every week. Uh, first of all, after he hits the power slam, you can hear a fan in the crowd yell, The roof! The roof! The roof is on fire! Oh my god, you, that all came out? You, you can, can hear, hear it all. all. You wow. can hear worse than on Raw. 
But this was a good match. The diving headbutt was a great near fall. The crowd was really into it. Uh, all of Booker's comeback is super over. And the finish was good. And it keeps them open for uh, a match again later. Yeah, I'm glad Booker didn't just get his title shot back. I mean, yeah. he, he's been great. And for him to lose makes Benoit look better. Yeah. Uh, now we go to the main event. Randy Savage versus Hollywood Hogan. Michael Buffer says that this is maybe the greatest Nitro of all time. I don't know. Incorrect. Buffer. Riggs versus, or Sick Boy versus Glacier. <laughs> Lenny Lane. My God, Johnny Swinger. <laughs> Jim Powers. Len Denton. Oh, my God. Barry Horowitz. I mean, come. Disco Inferno for that matter. <laughs> he got the win. Randy Savage versus Hollywood Hogan. And you're a ding-ding-ding main event. The world title is on the line. The Wolfpack NWO World Heavyweight title is up for grabs. I really loved it. I really liked the match these guys had two weeks ago on this show. Or three weeks ago. Uh-huh. I didn't think this one was as good. Yeah, well, Madness, he sneak attacks Hollywood Hogan while Hogan's handing his belt to the disciple on the outside. Savage chokes Hogan with his own t-shirt, but then Hogan hits the thumb to Savage's eye. He wears Savage down a long sell from the Macho Man. As always, that's what he always does. He always sells. He can sell... But Diamond Dallas Page should not be selling for Lenny Lane. I'm sorry. <laughs> Savage dodges the giant leg drop from Hogan. At this point, the Disciple pushes Macho off the top rope. He was going for the flying elbow drop. But Disciple gets involved. Then all hell breaks loose. Brad Hart comes in, he lays Savage out with the world title, then spits a loogie on Ma Macho Man Randy Savage's chest. That's disgusting. That's the finish. I can't believe that's the finish. The bell goes off, disqualification. Macho wins via DQ, but not the title. Hogan, he pins. He goes to pin Savage, but that's not going to happen. Um... No, that's the finish. Oh, no. he, he does get no, the pin, Hogan doesn't he? Hogan pins Savage. Yeah, you're confusing me. Yes, Hogan pins Savage after the belt shot. Oh. There's not a DQ. Really? Yeah, Hogan wins. All right, well, Hogan wins. <laughs> then uh, Kevin Nash, he comes out to run the NWO black and white off. And then we have Piper coming out there with a microphone. Hasn't been on the show at all. He comes out. At the last minute of the show. And then he declares Savage the winner by DQ. Yeah, that's right. That's uh, right that. Piper makes himself special referee for Bret Hart versus Randy Savage at Slamboree. Wow, and Bret Hart bum, took bum, a bum, shot bum, at Piper. Boy, what's wrong with that? Dude, it's just going it, it, to... It's not going to be as good as Bret and Savage just having a match. Now they got to do all this dumb shit with Piper, who's not that good. Probably maybe he could be a ref. He's not... It's not going to... It's just going to add stuff to the match that doesn't need just to be goofiness. There. Yes. Uh, and then the, so, I'm not excited for that. He says that he's going to kick Bret Hart like a Kansas City Chief if he needs to. And if Hart bites Savage, well, Savage, you better bite him back. And if you get low blowed, low, low blow him back... Hell, I'll write you a prescription for Viagra. My God, another Viagra. Reference. Not the last one. Out comes the giant. Uh, he just kind of stands there with Hogan and yells. 
Then we look up in the rafters. There's a spotlight in the rafters, and Sting just looks over it all. Piper continues to yell as if he's still on camera. So Sting, this is the last shot. Sting in the rafters. This is good. Sting is the best when he is the ominous overlooker, overseer of the madness that yes. takes place in the ring. This is Sting is best when he is not in the ring. <laughs> No, when he no, just stands no. there and looks cool. Sometimes with a vulture on his arm. <laughs> this is good Sting. Sting taking off the robe and showing off his weak little muscles and not tan skin. And Who cares about that all of a sudden? You're he's worried a little about dinky it. man. How are you talking about? He's huge. He would tower over you. He doesn't tower over Remember when you wrestled man. Seth Rollins? And he just towered over Seth Rollins, who's like a totally, like, an average-sized guy on the WWE roster now. Yeah. And Sting was just, like, huge compared to him. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he was a bodybuilder. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, without the bodybuilding muscles, oh, I'm sorry Sting that is kind of like, weak. I'm sorry that you don't like Sting's body. No, I just don't think that he's, like, a true heavyweight contender. He's awesome, most of the time. I mean, he could be flair, but if you're talking about a real heavyweight, <laughs> then I'm sorry, but Sting does not <laughs> have a chance. Uh, WWF Raw is War. May 11th. Yeah, moving on. I mean, there's not much more to say, is there? I mean, the best part of Nitro. All day long. Dusty Rhodes promo. That was awful. I hated that. Booker Benoit was pretty good. Good. Goldberg. Goldberg Len Denton <laughs> was a hell of a, a pudding guy match. Brett and Savage. Um, cutting good promos. I liked the Savage promo. Brett promo didn't do it for me. Yeah. But uh, I liked... Uh, yeah, there was definitely... It was weird that it was worse than the sum of its parts. The what? It was worse than the sum of its parts. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. WWF. Raw is War. Great opening video of Vince McMahon's great promo from last week and the awesome Terry Funk McFoley match. If you haven't watched it, what are you waiting for? Yeah, that's true. That's something you must revisit. The theme, the pyro, and out comes Vince McMahon. Yeah, let me tell you first, though. Baltimore, it's the most vile crowd they have reprehensible signs, unacceptable, shameful chants. This is one of the... What were the chants? The chants? Yeah. I mean, not at this moment, but I'm, I'm summing up the whole show. What were the... I don't remember any bad chants. Oh, my God. There was one <laughs> despicable. What was it? Which one was? Just tell me. With gold dust. Well, there was one guy yelling... Oh, that's what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that guy was bad. But there wasn't, I, that wasn't like the crowd chanting. No, I mean, there were, I mean, a small amount, but still. <laughs> just, three people chanting that. Is I just noticed horrible. one little guy. One little guy. <laughs> one little guy. <laughs> no, dude, this whole crowd, it is nasty. I like the lick my nuts Vince sign. You love, like, <laughs> this is what we're talking about, people. <laughs> what is the rock, there was the rock sucks cock as well. Oh my God. <laughs> How do you get away with this? I like, listen to a public place. The, the rock sucks cock is bad, but lick my nuts Vince is so stupid to actually be kind of funny. <laughs> kind of. Uh, Vince McMahon informs us that Stone Cold Steve Austin will be in tag team action in the ring tonight. And he he introduces the new number one contender for Over the Edge, Dude Love. 
He's wearing a suit, a tie. He's shaved, but he still has a goatee because he has a heel. He's wearing a suit jacket. He's wearing sweatpants. He's got the Wall Street <laughs> Journal at his in his hand. Uh, he's got glasses on, and Jr. makes a big deal that Mick Foley is wearing his front false teeth. teeth. His falsies. Yeah, yeah, his yes. falsies. Uh, but that was yeah. I love this. This is great. Do love is awesome on this show. He claims that he speaks four languages. Is that true? I know he speaks German and English. Never heard him speak anything but English. Uh, he reads Greek tragedy. He's a lover of women, a leader of men, and a surprisingly good dancer for a big man. Sure. As Austin will find out, I am the world's toughest SOB, and I am dude love. I love this promo. It's so funny. I am a lover of women and a leader of men. That was a great line. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, and then Austin, uh, he says that... Uh, he lost his smile for a little while, making fun of Shawn Michaels for some reason. What's that about? But he has since found it, thanks to Vince McMahon. And Vince uh, gave Shawn his smile back. There you go. They gave each other a big hug. Yeah, a lot of hugging going on. Yes. And then Vince tells him that he has a surprise, surprise for him. The guest timekeeper for his match with Austin on an Over the Edge will be Gerald Briscoe. Oh, we know him. Out he comes. And the, the guest ring announcer will be... Pat Patterson. Oh, fellow stooge. And the, the guest referee will be somebody who will change uh, refereeing. He is so a man of such principle that he cannot be, be swayed. Yes, Pat Patterson says the best there is, the best there well, was. Well, hold on, that's after. So Vince makes his introduction, points to the ramp, nobody comes out. So he, they, they all look around a little bit. Vince walks to the back. And then there's like a long wait where they're just kind of muddling out the ring. And then Pat Patterson gets the mic and he says, Ladies and gentlemen, the best there is. Yes. The best there was. Okay. The best there ever will be. Bret Hart comes back to <laughs> WWF. Vince McMahon. Wow. That was a great heel move. Just awesome. Vince McMahon's so good. Dude Love is so good. This is a great heel group here. And a lot more hugging. And a lot more hugging. Big fan. This was the best. Vince and Austin, I mean, it goes without saying, but Vince is so good every week. He's really funny. He is funny. Footage of DX at CNN Center in Atlanta, Georgia. They mess with some security guard. Uh, some random mark yells DX rocks in the parking lot. They come off like YouTube pranksters. Yeah, that's funny. This is right. I actually walked down here in Atlanta last time I was there at the CNN Center. <laughs> this is right where the... Um, the, uh, what's the... Center stage? No, or... like the, um, the scope, not the scope. What's the... The Omni? The Omni was right there. Right next to the CNN Center. And here, 20 years ago, DX, shooting a, like having a, a cannon pointed at <laughs> I know. the fucking building. It's insane. They go in there... It's a tank. It's, well, a, oh, it's not a tank. It's like a jeep with a cannon gun on, on it. it. Yeah, like some kind of artillery gun. Uh, and uh, the uh, thing is, it's just like, they're just going there. They're making everybody's job there so annoying. Yeah. You know? They're actually trying to get into the building. Yeah, they're just being annoying. What are they going to do once they get in there? I don't know. Nothing. They're just going in there. I, I just don't get it. But, uh, yeah, there you go. Did anybody yell DX rocks at you when you were just out walking around? No, no. Those days are long gone. <laughs> anyway, uh, Kevin Kelly's in the back. He's waiting for Steve Austin. And then he's, he's in front of a garage door. And it starts to do, 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 go Oh, on. we see some feet. We, we see, see some, some feet. And they're in jeans. He's like, all right, here we go. And it's 
Al Snow. Believe it or not, Al Snow from ECW with shows head. up with head and a Job Squad t-shirt. Yes. And he's debuting his Al Snow character. Well, this was a... Uh, his fourth yes. WWF gimmick, I believe. Yes. Uh, well, let's see. There's Shinobi, Lake Cassidy, Al... Who else was there? There was like another mask. Oh, another mask one. Yeah. I can't. Oh, Avatar. Avatar. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> um, this was, uh, yeah. So he was always under contract with WWF, even when he was in wrestling for ECW. Okay. He was just going there, and the, the idea was if the gimmick got over, yeah, he would bring it in. <laughs> so develop the gimmick. It was basically ECW was to some wrestlers the NXT, NXT of its yes, day. Yes, absolutely. Wow, developmental. <laughs> That's crazy to think about. Vader. It's better that you don't know that. Like, at the time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Vader versus Barry Windham. Although, if anybody would have taken five minutes to think about it, they should have known. <laughs> but still. Vader versus Barry Windham. Tell us about him, man. Yeah. My man Vader got some new gear. What do you think? Bad. Very bad gear. It looks horrible. <laughs> it's just a tank top with a red V on it. Yeah, it's like... Low budget. What Very happened to his? It's like a his original singlet? thing. I don't know. Maybe he wore it backwards one too many times. Oh, either. <laughs> well, here he's taking on Barry Windham with the NWA, Jim Cornette, and the Rock and Roll or the uh, Midnight Express on the outside. But Barry, who was basically pudding in this match, he yes. had no offense against the Undertaker last week. Let's see what he's got against <laughs> the Mastodon Vader. Wyndham actually does level Vader with a lariat to a big back suplex. And the Midnight Express, they take some cheap shots. Wyndham tries a sunset flip, gets squashed. Yes. well, it's The a... first one was not supposed to be squashed. <laughs> no, they they botched one again, and then they do it again later. And he, and he meant to squash him, and he did. And then Vader wins with the Vader bomb. He cleans Bodacious Bart and Bob Holly's clocks. <laughs> Bombastic and, Bob. And uh, Vader's going to take on Kane at Over the Edge in a mask versus mask. <laughs> Vader's mask is so barely dumb. there. You can see right through so it. So dumb. It's ridiculous. But Sometimes this, he takes it off voluntarily. I was glad to see Vader get a clean win. Yeah, true. That was nice. A little reestablish him. I wish he wasn't in this terrible gear. He looks like Kevin Owens, but worse. <laughs> uh, Cold's car pulls up as we go to commercial. What? And then we go to commercial. We come back and we see that Kevin Kelly has interviewed Steve Austin during the break. Uh, he tells Austin about the new stipulations for his match and his tag team match tonight. And Austin says, that's a bunch of crap. He calls the guys with Vince Stooges. Is he the first guy to do that? Well, WCW's already been calling people stooges, too. That's true. Well, so, Austin's I mean, the, the first The language, the, yes. the lingo just gets passed between companies, yeah. between shows. He says they're, they're also jackasses. He's not a tag team wrestler anymore. He's going to have to tell Vince, where's he at? Kevin Kelly doesn't know. So Austin takes the mic from him, calls him a jackass, goes walking through the hall looking for Vince. Yeah, he's debuting his Rattlesnake t-shirt with the red eyes on the front and don't, don't trust, trust anybody anyone. on the back. He didn't wear that feeling. last week? No, this is a new one. Damn, so the SCU one and this one came out in rapid succession. Yeah. Yes. They're pumping them out. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. I'll get to that later, actually. But. Okay. Hawk with Animal and Sunny versus Skull 
with eight ball. His chain's gone. I didn't see him. I but think maybe we. I think maybe we've seen the last of chains. You think? I think so. They weeded him out. Yep. <laughs> He's <laughs> now, gone. The DOA is just a tag team now. Crazy. They lost two members. Crush the two long hair chains. Now it's Skull and Eight Ball. But here it's Hawk versus Skull, probably the two best wrestling names of all time. If you just ask some random schmo off the street, you know, like, make up two wrestlers' names. Hawk and Skull. I'm sure they would come up with no better than Hawk and Skull. It's a good one. Sting is a lot like that as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, fan pets Skull's head as he drives by on his motorcycle. I noticed that as well. DOA is ripping off Eric Bischoff's entrance. <laughs> Ridiculous. Hawk, he uh, tries to fly, but misses a big flying clothesline from the top. He takes a big boot to the face from Skull. Takes a backbreaker. This match is kind of all Skull for a while. But Hawk fights back. He hits his patented neckbreaker. And JR says the infamous words, This match has slobber knocker possibilities. And as soon as he says that, <laughs> Skull and Hawk both go for a small package. Skull gets the best of it and wins. Now, Jim Ross said that that was not Skull. That they'd done twin magic. Whoa. But I think that was bullshit. I think it was Skull. I think it was Skull, too. I didn't see the camera I angle. didn't either. So, anyway. Uh, this match was fine. I don't know. It was weird. It was kind of... The finish was out of nowhere. But I guess if they're going to feud, that the DOA should probably win since they're... The mess. I mean, they should win at least something beforehand since they're definitely not going to win a tag match. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, I mean, but JR teasing a slobber knocker and then an inside cradle victory? Come on. That's he doesn't just know what's going false on. False advertisement. <laughs> well, they're good at that. More clips of <laughs> D DX being bad boys at CNN Center. Uh, it looks like, honestly, they were there. I bet they were there for, in total, like 10 minutes. And they've just... Was it <laughs> worth the flight? Edited it in a way to stretch it out a little bit. They just kind of hang around in the uh, lobby. There are police there. Yeah, the security guys are there because they've got... It's a TV station and there's five big guys with three cameras following around. And guns. <laughs> they parked a gun outside. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck, man? Of course. What do you expect? Edge vignette. Uh, more bad poetry. He is the pain from which you run. He's the silencing machine, the end of all your dreams. You, you are the pain from which I run sounds like something I would have wrote about my first girlfriend. <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> he's walking, the, 15 he's walking the streets, he's on rooftops, it's all got a blue tint to it. This guy was an apparition last week ghost now he's now he's just like god yeah they do actually compare him to god we'll see edge <laughs> god now he's just making fun of us on his tv show yes he is <laughs> making fun of the fans of the wwe universe i do like the edge and christian show it's kind of funny it is actually funny yeah even though they ripped that get that little shtick off from best friends which thing? Making fun of the fans. Chucky e. T and... Uh, yeah, I could see that. And his buddy. Well, they're signed with AEW now, like us. Yeah, and they're We're the all new, together. They're the new Scott We got Halls. Kenny Omega this week. Yeah. That was good. Huge. I saw a picture of... It was a group photo, but in the center was Cody, 
Kenny, John Mayer. <laughs> Grateful Dead infiltrating the wrestling biz. Uh, we get some this footage. This is a crossover I like. Speaking of crossovers, Justin Hawk, Bradshaw, and Taka Michinoko are in a car. Yeah. They are trying to learn. Teach, they're trying to teach Taka to drive. He's smoking a cigar. Yeah, he's he doesn't seem to like it. He's getting Bradshaw. Bradshaw is getting Taka hooked on tobacco. North Carolinian tobacco. You know that's where most tobacco comes from. Yeah, that makes sense. Kentucky's close, but it's North all Carolina. North Carolina. Well, that makes sense. Walter Raleigh, Raleigh, North Carolina. Yeah, that all makes sense. What's Raleigh? Walter Raleigh, he was a... Uh, He's a big smoker. No, he was... Notorious a, smoker. He was, well, I don't know. He was head of the tobacco industry or something. Or he, he, he was the guy from England who, who killed all the people who were living in those tobacco fields, probably. I don't know. Oh, my God. Uh, Bradshaw is taking talk out, teaching him to drive in a convertible in the rain. <laughs> yes. And then on almost hitting a group of fans. <laughs> Like who are 30, lingering nearby. 50 fans right there. Yes. Uh, when they get back from their test drive, they're in the parking lot, and they get attacked by Kai and Tai. Yeah. They who have ju- finally have a real name this week. Yeah. Not- with Yamaguchi-san no longer wearing a mask. So he is What was the deal with the mask? The manager. I don't know. <laughs> made no sense. He took it off the very next week uh, by choice. <laughs> Interesting. Anyway, Jeff Jarrett with Tennessee Lee versus Farouk with Steve Blackman, and my wife was sitting next to me when I watched this, and she her great comment was, country versus rap. Because we got Farouk's great theme. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's true. We the got, eternal question. That's true. We got J-E-double-F-J-A-double-R-E-double-T versus F-double-A-R-double-O-Q. Don't forget we got T E double N E double S double E L double E at the ringside. Yeah, Tennessee Lee, he introduces Jarrett and he says, Give us give Jarrett a giant southern welcome. And I'm like, is Baltimore considered the South? I'm not sure. Is it's below the Mason Dixon line, isn't it? If Baltimore is the South, that's like so far up the coast. Yeah, what it's is weird. it? Just New York up? Wasn't Delaware? Delaware was in the South, right? What? No. Part of Delaware, yeah. Oh, I don't think so. I think it's below the Mason Dixon line. Damn, that's just yeah, surprising. Half this country San, is. Sandy Fork, Delaware. Mm. I mean, yeah, half of it. That's that, I think that was the idea. I mean, like, <laughs> more than half, really. Uh, they, I don't know if it was probably not more than half the people, though. Jeff Jarrett. He uh he's got the two big double J's hanging above the ring in Pyro and they're all in flames. It's kinda like the Sid. Remember how Sid had his name in, in uh little sparklers? Yeah, it's very similar. Where the hell's Sid? <laughs> he's in ECW. Is he? Yes. What's the what the hell is he doing there? I don't really know. I haven't watched much nineteen ninety eight ECW. I don't like ECW. Dude, that's crazy. I'm I'm like, where is Sid? Because this is the biggest wrestling's been during his whole career and he's just sitting out because he's playing softball <laughs> he's in ECW because he's had problems with both the other companies but he'll be in W's he'll be WCW champion in uh, you know a little over a year that's so hard to believe just get ready but you, it'll be real bad well if he's in WCW <laughs> or ECW isn't that just 
the NXT, NXT. Of <laughs> WWE development. Sort of, yeah. He was he was doing the uh, he's doing the Chris Hero role. It's so so bizarre. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we yeah. get new music from Farouk. He says, "Justice, honor, respect, together, by all means necessary, whatever." <laughs> this and is it, not new though. This was theme of the week several weeks ago. Yeah, I think the that, song rules. That new? I think that might be a new addition. Because we get the do you smell what the rock is cooking? We get that later. Like they, get they, Owen. they just yeah. They got really into yeah, like putting the catchphrase before him. That's their new thing. Yeah, that is before the. I theme think that's song. a Russo thing because that's gonna follow him to WCW. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Fruit comes out with Steve Blackman, so he's got a friend. Jeff Jarrett's got some uh, Tennessee Lee on the outside. Um, before we get into this match, uh, Jim Ross makes a Eddie Rabbit. Reference for Mark, he died apparently like this week okay. in '98. He sang the Days of Our Lives theme with Juice Newton. They had a nice duet. He also wrote Kentucky Rain, which was an Elvis Presley song. And Kentucky, we know, is the second leader of tobacco. <laughs> and Eddie Rabbit died of lung cancer. So that's something to chew on, folks. Don't smoke. Chew. Thank you for p- p- putting a little PSA here. It's a very important episode. A very special episode of Monday Night. Truth. <laughs> Sponsored by Truth. You don't always die from tobacco. <laughs> Do you remember that one? What, the old Twangy the guy, song? Yeah, and the guy's got the, the vo- voice thing. Oh, yeah. Like, you that's don't sad. always die from tobacco. Oh, Sometimes you just lose a lot. Oh, my God. You Riddle. don't always Enough. die from tobacco. Stick to the spoken word, people. Sometimes they just rip out your tongue. Oh, that's sick. Man. And you won't sing so right, heck with a big hole in your neck. Nobody wants to hear this song. Right? I think people are impressed by the fact that I remember all the words to that. And I think that you are jealous. Jealous. <laughs> So why don't you tell us about the rest of this match? Well, Jared... Just skip it, actually. Jared tries, Jared tries to run from Farouk after he finally got away from Steve... Or fi- he finally got away, but Steve Blackman catches him on the outside. He slaps him around a little bit. Then delivers the most devastating bicycle kick Beautiful. of all time. If I had the pain train whistle right now, I'd blow it. But I don't. So I won't. You, that's what you were going to go with? That probably, That yes. was a sick kick. That was definitely the only thing of note in this entire match. Farouk then goes for the <laughs> Dominator, but comma, the godfather of the Nation of Domination, and Mark Henry come out. They interfere. This match gets DQ'd. They start beating up Farouk. And as hard as that bicycle kick was, I think Double J whipping Steve Blackman with the nunchucks was even worse. He had an instant welt. That does not lie. He uh, whipped him so hard. Didn't catch me as that bad. Oh my god. He did god, hit him. It heinous. did make a big noise. Heinous. But it still didn't get me to care about this fucking Jarrett versus Blackman feud, which I feel like has been going on forever. Yeah, it's trash. So long. It's one of the very few feuds on this show that is bad. Farouk's going to move on. And this well, was... Well, Farouk's going to wrestle Rock at, at the pay-per-view. For the IC title. And then he'll be moved down the card until the APA, so... Well, speaking of APA, this was the closest we've gotten to Bradshaw and Farouk. 
before this match, the segment was Bradshaw smoking a cigar. Oh, there you go. Yes. And then the next segment, we got Farouk in a match. Yes, we're getting there to the APA. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of the APA. I think I like it. Yeah, we'll see. The uh, best thing that Bradshaw ever did. I actually think maybe I like him with Taka better. No. Get wait till you wait till you see their match at the pay per view. What? Uh Tony Siragusa, the goose at ringside. Yeah, the Remember uh, him? lineman from the Ravens. I could see him clear as day from like the beginning yeah, of this behind the announcers. He's just lounging back there. Uh, last week I greatly endorsed the Spike Lee film He Got Game. This week I will greatly endorse the Spike Lee film Twenty Fifth Hour, which co stars Tony Siragusa. The goose. Goose is in it? He's in it. It's him and Edward Norton and Philip Seymour Hoffman. And oh, yeah, three great actors. <laughs> of their day. And Brian Cox and Rosario Dawson. Great movie. One, another one of uh, another great Spike Lee movie. Enter Stone Cold Steve Austin up next. Close up of a foxy lady in the front row in an Austin 316 show. Yeah. I, I saw her in the in the front row earlier and I was like man when Austin comes out they're definitely going to close up on her. <laughs> yeah she was wearing the Austin shirt. She was and it was cut off and I was like yeah she's get guaranteed. And they got a huge pop for Austin. Austin's massive. He gets a huge pop. Austin comes out he says McMahon has stacked the deck against me but I don't give a rat's ass about all that. I know Vince can't stand me and I feel the same way about him. But the least you could do, Vince, is bring your little yellow carcass out here and tell me who I'm wrestling tonight. Vince and the Stooges appear on the Tron. Vince says, your title opportunities are indeed going over the edge. But as for your opponent tonight, well, and then they all, three of them do the hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil monkey pose. And then Austin closes it with a great line of, you can count your eyes, but you can't co- <laughs> you can cover your eyes, but you can't cover your ass. And that's where I'm going to stick this damn belt. This was an excellent little bit by Austin. Promo was fine, very short. We immediately cut to the back where we get Sable stretching. Uh, <laughs> Jerry Lawler, very excited. We go to commercial, we come back. We got a Val Venus montage. He is unspeakably gross. Groaning, moaning, awful. My wife was next to me. She almost was sick on the coffee table. Yeah, that was terrible. It was just like, it was all the old vignettes. It was the worst parts of all of them. It was just the groaning. It's like those videos of uh, Ultimate Warrior. Breathing. Uh, breathing. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like just... Like macho man. Too. Yes, it's just Vince... Gro- Val Venus groaning. Might as well be Vince. Might as well be. You could do one with Vince. Yeah. I, I did like the uh, See No Evil thing. That goes back to the WCW commentary crew. Tony Schiavone, Mike Tanay, Bobby Heenan. <laughs> Remember when they did that? Yeah, well... Yes, but they were forced to do it by Rick Rude. True. Yes, different scenario. And no. now the Stooges do it on their own. <laughs> what does it mean? Nothing. Not really much. <laughs> Means I, they have no information to give. Out comes Sable for her public confrontation with Mark Merrow. Oh, it's time. It's she, Sable time. She calls out Mark Merrow. Out he comes. Lawler says that he took his Viagra today, so he's ready to go. Uncle Jerry, he's on something. He is really gross during this whole Sable Mark Marrow thing, and I was—I actually thought it really hurt it until I realized that I think it—he was intentionally annoying to set up the next thing that's going to happen. True, yeah. 
Uh, but uh, there's no bell or anything. It's, it's, it's Marrow and Sable, so it's not a match, but there is a ref in there. Sure. Make sure things don't well. get uncivilized. Sable grabs a mic. So she challenged him to this thing, and now she's going to give him shit about actually doing it. She says, <laughs> well, she that, says that he I actually, never thought you'd let it go this far, yeah. but I'll give you my best. She was kind of whining. I mean, it was her idea. What do you mean, whining? She was like, uh, I challenged you to this thing, but I never thought you'd do it. Well, I mean, come on. She could, she could like, challenge she you. She must have known. That he would go that far. Absolutely. He picks her up on his... He says, don't try to get out of this. He picks her up on his shoulders. He's going to put her up for the TKO. He puts her up for the TKO. He doesn't do it. He puts her down. He says, see, I'm a gentleman. He shows mercy. I want you to apologize for trying to ruin my career. Instead, she kicks him in the nuts and gives him the sable bomb. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, it was pretty good. The sable bomb looked bad. This was her worst one. And I will say this, it, though. It did not look bad. It did look bad. She barely got him up at all. No it way. Was, it looked better than no. Nash powerbombing Giant. <laughs> yeah, but one of these guys is gigantic. And it didn't look better. The Giant one is legendary. This, <laughs> this one was awful. It was as close as Mark Merrill could get to powerbombing himself. No. So that was actually kind of impressive. I thought he was fine. Well, you like ever. You're easy to please. It you was a, only dislike. It was Sting. not botched you, at all. I didn't it say a, it was botched. Was I said it was bad. It was bad. Everybody loved it except you. Well, that's because I have taste. You don't have. Taste. You're more like these fans here. No. Speaking you, of which, here comes. <laughs> yeah, my ass. Really. You're more like these fans in the Gold Dust segment. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> Out of nowhere, Undertaker shows up at the announce table. Uh, to beat up Jerry Lawler. Uh, this was uh, excellent, I thought. Uh, so we already know Undertaker's mad at Jerry Lawler because last week he had the locker room conversation, quote-unquote, with Paul Bear. He comes out, he starts beating up Lawler, gives him the choke slam, picks him up for the tombstone, lights go out, out comes Kane and Paul Bear. Paul Bear says, listen, either the truth hurts, of what I said, or you don't believe me. But you didn't believe me when I said Kane was alive, did you? And yet here he stands. And Jim Ross actually goes, well, I mean, that is true. <laughs> and he says, next week, I'll prove that I'm Kane's father. How's he going to prove it? I don't know how he's going to prove it, but he claims he's going to prove it. Pyro comes up around the ring, and then Kane and Paul Bear leave. Lights come up. Lights come up. And you can see Lawler, like, crawling to get out of the ring. And I was like, man, I hope he... I was really glad when Undertaker went back and got him and gave him the tombstone and gave him the... got the big pop. Uh, this another week where I like the Undertaker-Kane stuff. I can't believe the legs that this feud is having. It got bad for like two weeks, and then it picked right back up again. I'm into um, it. Yeah, it's, it's been... it's fine. I'm into it. I'm really into it. I can, it's a, definitely my favorite Undertaker storyline I can think of offhand. Of course, I'm not as big of an Undertaker fan as everybody else either. What else did he do? Yeah, I can think of many great Undertaker matches. But as far as storylines, the only one I really remember is like this one and Edge. This one's been going on forever. <laughs> yes, it has. Uh, back at the announce table, uh, there's an empty seat next to Ross now. And here's Al Snow. He's going to hijack the commentary <laughs> spot. Shows up with Head. I do love that Head gets a headset. That was cute. As does Al Snow. That was cute. They sit down. Security comes out. Al says he needs to talk to Vince. He needs to see Vince. He scampers away from security into the ring, but then he leaves through the crowd. EC Dub. EC Dub. EC Dub. And next team. In Atlanta, 
DX has a great big cannon. We're back in Atlanta. We've got the big gun on the fucking Jeep now. It's pointed at, at the, the CNN, CNN tower. tower. And they fire it. They fire the fucking cannon. It hits the tower. Okay. It explodes. It does. People die. They went from a militia, <laughs> harmless... Seemingly, to <laughs> a straight-up terrorist group. These guys are bad news. DX, they've done it this time. <laughs> they truly have. Well, let's say, there were some special effects, I must say. I don't think so. You know, it kind of looked like a phony Windows 95 explosion of a building. It looked real to me. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Uh, out comes DX. I'm, are, are you trying to tell me you're a DX attack truther? You think this is fake? This is all holograms? You know, I think it's a hoax. <laughs> it's the government. Yeah, I think they might be behind it. <laughs> inside, maybe perhaps an inside job. Maybe it was well, C- here, here's CNN the bombed themselves. No, no, no. <laughs> we all know. We all Blitzen. know. 20 years later, Fox is going to host SmackDown, a WWE show. So, of course, Fox has had a hand in WWE the whole time. They're trying to destroy <laughs> CNN. They said Fox and Fox News are not the same company. And they're promoting the destruction of the headquarters of CNN. It's so awful. That's what Terroristic. They, they want us... It's bad. They want people to think that they're endorsing the destruction of a network. <laughs> of a building... That people work in. Awful. Uh, out comes DX now. Pac takes the mic first. He screams at Baltimore for them to make some noise. He's such a hype man. He is yelling a lot. Uh, they do make noise. He says that he just got back from Atlanta. Oh, yeah. You want to hear him say it himself? <laughs> Mud loves this line. I love X-Pac and when you he are, gets candid. You're a huge Pac fan. I am, really. There you go. But uh, let's hear what he has to say straight from the horse's mouth. You know, we just got off the plane, got back from Atlanta, where we were screwed with World Championship Wrestling, and they tried to have us thrown in jail. But guess what? You'll never catch us alive, lousy coppers! You'll never catch us alive, you lousy coppers! Dude, that's the fucking best line. So dorky. That is so good. <laughs> you lousy coppers. Eric Bischoff, uh... Calling out Eric Bischoff. Out. Well, I mean, why not? I mean, <laughs> He's name-dropping him. Why not? It's on the other show. Yeah. And you've already, already blown up him. a building. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Eric Bischoff never asked... I never asked you for anything but to be a man. I don't kiss Vince McMahon's ass, and I never kissed yours. So suck on it. Oh, he shouldn't move to Columbus. <laughs> suck on it is somehow more vulgar than suck it. I can't really explain how, but it is. Suck on it? <laughs> Isn't that worse? Uh, it's like more, yeah, perhaps. I would say worse. I mean, like, suck it is almost like bite me. Yeah. Like, you don't really. Yeah, but suck on it has that a to more. Happen, <laughs> maybe. Uh, Road Dog does his little speech. Mr. Ass says you're either with us or your ass better call somebody. Yeah, but... Mr. Ass declares war on the world. Hey. With us or against us. DX versus the world. That's the way it is. That's the way I see things. The Napoleon of his time. <laughs> Hunter does his, his buffer impression. Uh, and Triple H starts to talk about how he loves the ladies of Baltimore. 
He's about to say something stupid. He's what gonna, out comes... He's about to compare his junk to the Maryland State bird. What is, which is what, the Oriole? Yeah. All right. Out comes Owen Hart with his new theme. Enough is enough and it's time for a change. I feel like they're going to change the music that goes with this. Really? I don't think we're at the final Owen theme yet. Uh, Owen Hart comes out. He says, uh, Triple H says, hey, come on down. And so Owen says he will. But first, he looks back towards the entrance. Out comes the nation. We go to commercial. We come back. Hunter Hearst Helmsley versus Owen Hart. Jim Cornette and JR now are on commentary duty. Jim Cornette says the whole show is like a green room at an acid flashback. I don't know what that means exactly, but I kind of I kind of get it on the other hand too. Dude, you love it. Triple H versus Owen Hart. Uh, Triple H, you know he's got his four DX friends, and Owen Hart has his four Nation of Dominations friends. So we got a five on five match if we really wanted it, but no, we get a one on one Hart versus H, not for the European title. Perhaps just a grudge match. Triple H, he's wrestling in fatigues, and this does mean war. DX versus the world. First it was the Disciples of Apocalypse, then it was Legion of Doom, and now it's Nation of Domination. It really is DX versus the world. Back and forth match. Owen hits a low blow, gut wrench suplex, DDT. But Triple H hits a big air pile driver, and he's got X-Pac taking cheap shots on the outside. Triple H kicks out of Owen Hart's pile driver, then dodges a spinning heel kick, but he does not dodge the enziguri from Brad Hart, or from Owen Hart. Owen then bites Triple H's ear. There is blood. China low blows Owen from the top rope, grabs a chair, storms the ring, and this little skirmish is over. No contest. Nation kind of backs off. Triple H holds the ring with DX. Seems like they might have won the battle this time. Uh, as far as the match goes, I thought this was not that good. Although I will say that Helmsley's pile driver looks much better than any pedigree he's ever done. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I mean, that should be his fucking finish. No, that was beautiful. Pedigree is one of the best finishers ever. No. Disagree. <laughs> but, I mean, a pile driver, this pile driver was beautiful. Are you kidding me? It looked like it killed him. Uh, it was very good. Uh, as far as the, the beginning of the DX Nation feud, though, I thought this was pretty good. This feud's going to go all summer. People seem hyped for it. Uh, I don't really understand the heart ear biting thing. This is the second time they've done it. Why is he doing this? He's definitely using a blood packet. I mean, he's definitely not biting people's ears off. And it's very unbelievable. It's just a throwback to the Tyson thing, I guess. But First Shamrock. That was a year H. ago, almost. <laughs> so... Just not very... I don't get that part of it, but I'm, I'm excited for DX versus The Nation. Uh, we got a commercial on outcomes. Dustin Runnels, or Dustin Rhodes, or Goldust, or the artist formerly known as Goldust. Or the but he's not Whatever you want to call him. The Natural Seven Black Rain. He comes out. <laughs> he's got no makeup on. He's holding his Goldust, de- Goldust gear, and he's got a big oil drum with him. It's got a can of gasoline in it, or what appears to be gasoline. He throws the gold dust gear into the tub. And the wig. And the wig. Covers them in gas. And then ignites the gear. Sets it ablaze. JR claims he could smell the gas. I don't believe him. He's so far away. He says his name goes back a lot of years. But 
and it has a lot of dignity on it, but Vince has taken that dignity away from him. Yeah, Vince's sick imagination took the Rhodes family dignity away. You caused me to lose my father. You caused me to lose my wife. And why? This is when we get a fan who you can very clearly hear yelling slurs at uh, uh, Gold Dust. Oh, Dustin Rhodes. So hateful. <laughs> he really was mad at this guy. Last week, you punished me, but I won't be punished anymore. Look into these flames, because Goldust dies tonight. Huge pop. Yeah, people like that. People loved that Goldust was going. That's weird, but they seemed into it. He I'm was, not wrong, am I? killing a part of himself. People <laughs> liked it. Well, I think what we're supposed to get is that it's not part of himself. It was forced on him. I mean, that's what I took it out away from the promo. Talking about Vince McMahon and his stupid imagination. See, I really like Dustin. He needed to change. I like the promo. It got a good reaction. It was a little bit too... This is all fake for me. A little bit too admitting that, you know, these characters aren't really us. We're told what to do. Yeah, but he's really at the tail end of those characters. Of, like, the early to mid 90s that's boom, true i just know? wish you wouldn't mention it but it's okay i still like this i mean we're gonna get heel christian dustin runnels do you remember this not really <laughs> not so, really that'll be interesting i don't think it lasts very long once you go back to gold i think dust? we're gonna see gold dust again pretty soon so is, i mean he obviously doesn't dislike being no gold he dust. loves being gold dust clearly but here in the storyline, I'm supposed to believe it seems that he was forced to be Goldust. Well, he still says at the end, you'll never forget the name of Dustin Rhodes. Yeah. So I think still... he just says Dustin. Oh yeah, just Dustin. Just like Cody. <laughs> Dustin and Cody. Wow. Uh, Terry Funk and Scorpio, which is what we're calling him this week, versus Kai and Tai with Yamaguchi-san. Uh, three on two match. Three on two. Uh, Yamaguchi-san comes down and gives this big long speech before Kaintai comes out. And the speech was whatever, but what I loved was Jim Cornette on commentary going, why does everybody get such a grand introduction? I just had to walk down here. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Great line. True. Kaintai, while Yamaguchi-san is distracting the Funk brothers, Kaintai sneaks up behind them and starts beating them down. Uh, triple team on Scorpio. They do this incredible move. All three guys. Funaki's got a spine buster into a Boston crab on Scorpio. Then uh, Teo gets a camel clutch on the front of Scorpio, lifting up the head, allowing Togo to connect with this basement dropkick. That was like the best teamwork I've ever seen. Sick, man. These guys have been wrestling together a long time. They're all Japanese indie guys. They're good. They're great. Terry Funk, he helps out Scorpio, who unloads a sick spinning heel kick, (laughs) a super kick, and then a 360 spin kick combo. And then Scorpio hits three power bombs, this is like the best he's ever looked. It was amazing. He hits that fucking Pearl River plunge. This the middle power bomb is like a Pearl River plunge, and it is beautiful. Granted, he's doing it to a real little guy, which makes it easier. But yeah, damn, all three of those power bombs looked awesome. This Terry Funk Scorpio team never fails to deliver. Always good. Always will be entertaining. 
It should have lasted longer. Longer. I want to see Funk and Scorpio versus... Oh, uh, Furnace and LaFon. <laughs> They're not in the company anymore. Seriously, though. <laughs> think about that. That would be good. But uh, unfortunately, Scorpio misses the moonsault off the top rope, but he's able to tag in Terry Funk, who falls victim to the numbers game. And Kind Ties taking him apart, but Bradshaw and Takamichi Noku come out to take out Kaintai, still mad about the convertible beatdown. Taka hits a sweet missile dropkick. Alright, yes, I <laughs> did not write that down, so <laughs> cannot confirm. But, uh... He hits it, it's actually, like, scary because there's so many people in the ring. Yeah, it was, that it was very, like, he had to, like, just hit it in a very small space. Bradshaw's out there with a bull rope. Yeah. The Bradshaw Taka tag team I love. These are the kind of tag teams I love. This kind of mismatch. You like Kane guy, and X-Pac. Kane and X-Pac is good. Yeah. Kane like, and Daniel Bryan. I like a big guy, little guy. Kane, Kane and Daniel Bryan was really good. Therapy the classes. The first time. Not when they did it. When Daniel Bryan came back and Kane was fat and 50. In <laughs> <laughs> uh, the mayor. In the mayor. Uh, in the back, we see Vince talking to Stone Cold's tag team partner. He's looking at somebody who's off camera. We can't see him. He's behind the wall, and he's talking about what a great tag team partner and man he is. Yeah. For Steve so Austin. who is this mystery partner? Let's see. We come back. One more thing before the main event. Al Snow's trying to get in. He can't. He doesn't have a ticket. More antics. They won't let him in. Uh, next up, The Rock and D'Lo Brown versus Steve Austin and a mystery partner in... Ding, 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 your main event. Tell us about it, Big Mud. Well. Big Muddy. Rock comes out, do you smell what the rock is cooking? It's like beta music. I feel like it's like the nation music, but it's not quite his rocky theme no, yet. Not at all. It's still like, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a cool little guitar lick in there. But uh, Vince... Surprises Austin, who takes out Rocky. Then, uh... Well, Vince surprises Austin um, by basically being his tag team being partner. Being his partner, yes. When the hey, Vince announces the tag team partner, and it's him. Yeah, unbelievable. He's still wearing his referee shirt, and he just stands on the apron with the biggest shit-eating grin. Yeah, Austin, he takes out Rock. And then D'Lo, and then clanks the heads of Patterson and Briscoe together. He basically dominates the Rock outside of the ring, clotheslines him on the steel ramp, but Rock throws Austin in the steel steps after Patterson takes some cheap shots. Back in the ring, Rock hits the people's elbow, but doesn't get the win because he doesn't take off the elbow pad. Vince McMahon is smirking in the corner. He likes what he sees. D'Lo drops an elbow from the second rope on Austin, but Austin blocks the rock bottom when the rock gets back in the ring. And these two, future Hall of Famers, I'm sure, hit a double clothesline, and they're both out in the middle of the ring. D'Lo Brown doesn't care what the referee has to say. He runs into the <laughs> ring, delivers a leg drop to Rock or to Austin, allowing Rock to hopefully make a tag here, and he does. D'Lo climbs to the top rope, goes for the lowdown, but Austin moves out of the way. He flicks off Vince McMahon. He says, fuck you. He hits the stunner on D'Lo, throws Rock over the top rope, but then Vince McMahon clotheslines his own partner 
Steve Austin from behind. The Stooges stomp Austin. Dude Love runs in. Here comes DX to fight the nation. And it's an all-out war at the end of this Monday Night Raw. I thought this was a great last segment. The match was really good. If it would have had a finish, it would have been match of the week. Uh, Austin, in like the first five minutes of this match, is amazing. He's the greatest babyface. He's just running around, hitting everybody. The crowd's going crazy. It's awesome. Him and Rock work great together. Uh, so lucky that they had such good chemistry. Yeah, that's you true. You know, like, because, like, like, if you watch, like, Undertaker and Austin, they don't really have great matches. Yeah. But, our, our, like, Austin and Rock, they work together beautifully. This was a great last segment. The crowd is hot. DX, The Nation, you got all these characters out there. I loved it. Yeah, that was good. It's a, I mean, it's not a go-home show, but it no. could have been. Three weeks until their pay-per-view. I don't know what they're going to do. <laughs> like, they're already building matches better than... WCW did for uh, their pay-per-view this coming yeah, Sunday. The w, this WCW pay-per-view it felt like an afterthought. All right, yeah, it's been, well, I don't, the feuds have been up and bad, but they didn't announce any of the matches until the last. Minute. Yeah, it's like, what are we even watching Nitro for? It's like DDP and Raven have been feuding, but they didn't even announce that they were going to have this match until this week. So strange. Yeah. Anyway, the Raw wins the ratings again. Uh, Nitro. I can't wait to see how they panic next week. Uh, <laughs> yeah, really. Three weeks now, they're gonna lose it. Ugh, for it's, good. For I, but for I don't know. One but, time. I don't know. Well, they're definitely gonna win at least one more time because I know that the Goldberg Hogan match is a huge rating. Yeah, well, that's uh, good. but yeah, good for them. Anyway, that's it, Mud. Yeah, I got a uh, phone call actually. While we were talking. Yeah, I think it's actually from Johnny Lambda. I think it's from Lambda. Okay, go ahead. Do you think it's from Lambda? I think see. it's from Lambda. Sorry, I thought we were having a recording probably for a second. I don't know. Okay. He left a message. Let's hear it. Should I play this? Sure. I don't know what he's going to say. Come but... on. Mayor. I miss you, buddy. You know, I hear you on Monday nights. Every week, most weeks, y'all have been kind of, you know, on and off there. I don't know what's going on. But I heard that you were... You know, having some trouble with, I don't know, people bugging you, calling you, and on the phone, weird phone numbers, I don't know. All I know, all I know is, maybe you shouldn't stick your nose where it doesn't belong. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know a lot of these people, uh, you know, the higher-ups, and they just don't like that much, you know. If it's somebody like you, you can't do that. I can do that, because, you know, I, I was born into it, whatever. But, you know, stick to the wrestling. And, uh, yeah, maybe when you're retired and all beaten and battered, I can hire you at, you know, one of the jobs I'll have. <laughs> Anyways, um, you know, if you need to call me back, uh, hit me up, 000, 000, <laughs> and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Riddle likes me more. What? <laughs> so you're telling me Johnny Lambda is NWO, real life? I mean... He, didn't he go to Yale? He was probably in Skull and Bones. He's... Oh, my God. Are you serious? <laughs> wait thought, a second. And wait a second. Why does he say he likes you? <laughs> whoa, whoa, you like, whoa, 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 You whoa. like him better. He says that. Are you a part of this? I, I He says that. I am a... But, uh... uh oh, you're backing into a corner right here. Now. Observer. I have, I have no uh, stake in this. 
Dude, oh, wait, hold on. Alright, so is it Lambda that's been causing me such strife? It sounds like it. Or maybe you better Stress? you're gonna have to call him. I'm not gonna call him back. <laughs> call him, him and Schmidt beat me zero, up zero, two zero, years zero, ago and I haven't zero, heard from zero, him since. Zero, zero. Dude, that's ridiculous. You're the one that keeps in contact with him. You kn- He called you on the phone just five minutes ago. Well, <laughs> well he also has been on the show in my absence. Yes. So has, you, yes. how close are you? I like with John. Him? Did you go to any, nope. any meetings with him? No college. No. You didn't. Was not in Skull and Bones. No. God. What do you mean? What does he mean? Higher ups. <laughs> well, I mean, should I really put an end to this NWO research? Uh, maybe you might want to think about it. Like the New World Order exists. Okay, but should I? Tell the people who they are. Should I unveil their secrets of evilness? <laughs> or should I quietly step back? Ignorant is bliss. Is that true? Riddle, I'm a little scared. <laughs> I can tell. But I don't know what you're going to do, man. But we know we'll find, next week we'll find out. You can tell us. Maybe you've made some decisions. You have some time to react to that phone call. All right, I guess that's all I can do. <laughs> what you gonna do when the NWO runs wild 